Hi, do you want to go to a party with me? No, game's on. Oh, I almost forgot. I'll be right there. We like sports and we don't care who knows. From shooting hoops to the Super Bowl. We like sports and we don't care who knows. Football, football, football. Welcome back is the theme for the Next Level Nerd Sportscast tonight on Friday, January 13th, 2023. Friday the 13th. Uh, Bronson and I are back by popular demand. It's been a pretty good hiatus. We had a good off season there. Uh, three, four months, a uh, lot going on in Bronson and my lives. Uh, so we did take quite a break and we did tell all you listeners that that would happen. But um you know, so we apologize for not being on for a while, but everybody is uh, excited to, to get back together here and and start fresh. And, you know, we're obviously we missed a lot of stuff that went on in the sports world. We're not going to try. I mean, we're not even going to try to cover what we missed in three, four months. But we'll uh, at least Pittsburgh wise talk a little bit about the Steelers, um, how the pens have been doing, how pit football wrapped up. And then you know, the, one of the reasons we're getting back on for a a relaunch here is the NFL playoffs are about uh, ready to get going. So I'll bring him in the, the man, the myth, the legend, my <laughs> one and only co-host Bronson Allman and Bronson. It is good to be back with you. Um, yeah. After a long break, I know uh, just personally, I've uh, wanted to catch up with you. So this is great, but we'll also have a fun time recording an episode and getting, uh, getting our listeners something to That's... chew on again. So. That's the most important thing, honestly, Frank, is that we have fun doing this, and, mm-hmm. and we definitely do. And uh, and just a real quick, just so we don't forget him, Mike. We were trying to get Mikey on the night, but uh, he's a little under the weather himself. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go into detail about that later in terms of us as well. But mm-hmm. you you were playing that Welcome Back song for a while. It was like it's like the B team, like when Zeiss is on at night, and they. They get like through like two and a half minutes of earth, wind, and fire before he comes back on the air. <laughs> yeah. then, then, then the clip on Twitter where he was like, he like fell asleep and uh, <laughs> oh, the, oh, oh. yeah, the producer came in. Well, I know the producer of Paul's show. He's a guy I talked to on Twitter. Oh, nice. uh, Bill Bill Steinbach the third. He's a good dude. He's got a silky velvety smooth. Oh, voice. I know. I've heard him. I I, I heard oh. this guy Steiny. I'm like, is this guy really the pop? Yes, <laughs> yes, he is. I've uh, he's a big racing guy like I am, Frank. Nice. And he, and we always talk at dirt tracks and stuff. And yeah, he's a good dude. And uh, we always chat racing all the time. So he's a good guy to talk to. But yeah, he's 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 nice as producer. I think he does a little bit of the um, pony and Muller too. But um, yeah, he's a good dude. But yeah, it's it nice to be sleeping in the chair. I didn't get like two two minutes of earth, wind, and fire for he finally comes on the air. That's why I felt like you were playing that. But uh, that's neither here nor there, guys. And uh, we're we're so happy you're you're back with us here. And real quickly, I uh, I don't want to go too deep into the the woods here of. Uh, our hiatus, but um, I do want to say it's awesome to be back home with Frank. It's awesome to be back talking about sports and just just whatever the heck else we feel like talking about. To be quite honest, Frank, and um, I just want to say like um, without getting into too much detail, um, 
uh, we were Frank and I were actually and Mike actually was going to be on the air too. We were going to record in in uh, the right at the beginning of October. Uh, we had a lot of stuff covered, and um, I had to step away. And um, eh, it's tough to talk about, but uh, I'll just kind of lay it out there. Um, uh, my mom became ill, and um, literally over a week later, um, I lost my mom. So um, obviously, that's something I didn't foresee or expect. I don't think anyone does in that situation. Uh, because when she was in the hospital, actually, the prognosis was good that she was going to come home, and things turned, and they turned abruptly in a, the other way in a hurry. So, out of respect to my family, I won't delve too much specifically other than telling you that right there. But um, I I feel it would be remiss if I didn't thank anyone, anyone who listens, people who may may start listening and hear this uh, when this hits air, and um, friends, family, everyone for reaching out uh, to me. Uh, during this situation, me and my family greatly appreciate it. Um, uh, to speak to speak to Frank and Mike, they've they've been awesome, total rock stars, in allowing me the time that I need uh, to get mentally right and uh, you know ever get 100 percent mentally right, but get back to where I want to talk sports. And and Frank and I and Mike have been in texts and talking, so we've been frequently talking. And I'd say for at least a good month or so after that pushing too, I didn't really have the urge or want to talk sports or anything like that. And, uh, they respected my wishes and, and, uh, you know, they both, they've always been checking on me. Mike, you know, Mike took me out a couple of times right after it to go eat and invited me over his house, his wife, and then they made food. And, uh, I just can't thank them enough. Frank can't thank you enough. I know you felt bad before we recorded that you felt like you should have called more and, and reached out. And, but you've texted me a bunch of times saying, I'm here for you, bud. What's up? You know, those things mean more than you can know as well. All the well wishes or anyone. So, um, I never did get a chance to thank everyone publicly, so thank you for that. Um, but no, uh, it, it's obviously a big adjustment, and um, and then December rolls around, and and I'm ready to come back. I'm like, like you know, we're thick in the middle of Steeler season. You know, the, the Mike Tomlins we're ready, we're ready, Frank, to unleash hell in December, and I want to get back and talk sports with the Penguins hockey. We're in the thick of it, and then uh, and then you and I kind of just did the ticker tape back and forth. Uh, uh, having uh, illnesses and sicknesses of our own. I had a really bad uh, sinus infection where my eyes were murky, gunky, my ears were clogged, and I, I was really bad for a while. And then I recovered from that on my birthday, Frank. I got better a day or two before my birthday. Um, if you follow my Facebook, follow me, you know that my cousin, um, um, he's he's the, the conductor behind Wrestle Rumble, who I promote on here a lot of times. And the reason I promote him is because um, he's, 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 he's family, but he's also a tremendous friend and, and I'm grateful every day that he's in my life, but yeah, he, he, he bought me, um, ringside tickets for WWE SmackDown in Pittsburgh. Um, so if you watch SmackDown on December 9th on Fox, you would have seen me next to Ridge Holland and the Usos and stuff. I was primarily featured on Fox. So yours truly. And, uh, that was all thanks to Matt and I'm forever in his debt. And, and I uh, did called. you DVR it? Cause I'd love to see. Uh, I did DVR. <laughs> I, I, I can put some clips on it on the, uh, the N- NLN Twitter shot. page. <laughs> yes, I am on, I was on Fox network on WWE SmackDown. Um, Kurt Angle had his birthday. He's, he's the same birthday I do. And so they had a birthday thing and I got, I got covered in milk by uh, Otis and, and he ran into me. And then uh, I got a chance to interact with a lot of WWE superstars after the show. And that's something that who knows if I'll ever get to experience that again. 
Uh, so and I, I almost called Matt crying uh, out of like almost feeling I didn't appreciate it. And uh, he mm-hmm. always laughs and always has some witty comeback. He goes, we'll just call this your birthday and Christmas present. And I yeah. It's like, OK, that's what I um, get, too. If something's expensive, it's like this is your birthday, too. This is yeah. Christmas and birthday. And, and Frank had a birthday, too. He always has right his, around Christmas. Yeah, always around Christmas. Mine's a little early in the, in the month. We're both December. Sagittarius is rock on. No, uh, I'm a Capricorn. Oh, it's at the end. OK, I don't, I don't know. How splits, this, yeah. But Bronson and I both December guys, so we're both thirty six years young now, as the the grays are starting to come through on both of us. But uh... we're busting it, we're busting it. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. So that was like one of the the SmackDown in in Pittsburgh was like one of the few days I actually felt good. And then over the weekend, going into Monday, Frank, I had a I had a really bad stomach virus, which kind of took me into the whole week. I had to take some time off work, and then. Then I'm ready to come back, and then Frank, you get sick. You told me, you, and uh, you know, you had yeah. RSV and I had COVID. RSV and COVID. Yeah, yeah. almost a trifecta that's going around. Yeah, but yeah, it was like we Frank and I wanted to get back to you in December, kind of get in the thick of the Steelers run there, mm. but it just didn't let us happen. And then once we were kind of back to 100, percent you know, the holidays come around. Frank's a father. You know, I'm trying to get my stuff in order too, uh, to make family trips and and and, and go Christmas shopping. So. This is where we stand right now. So again, thank you for being patient. You guys, mm-hmm. the, the the people who do listen, um, you guys have been awesome to to stay through this with us. And during this downtime, Frank and I really have kind of brainstormed about maybe how to a make the show better and and then b uh, maybe not make these so long. And mm-hmm. and I I don't I, I may apologize in advance that tonight and and uh, Frank and I are actually watching the Penguins game as it's going on. So if we freak out a little bit, uh, Drew O'Connor score for the Penguins yeah. to tie it one against. It. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets, but um, um, we kind of figured out how maybe we could make things a little bit better, you know, squeeze better into less time. And uh, I think Frank and I, are, uh, we're going to do these shows, not necessarily feeling uh, handcuffed by having to give you stats and things like that. Kind of make this more of a discussion show, more of a, as Frank said, a bro show, which I enjoy. People say they love Frank Shooting and I. the breeze. Yeah, they like because they feel like we're guys at a bar talking sports. And we and feel that's like how this show was birthed, really, because that's how Bronson yeah. and I have always been going back to the high school days of just like in the hallways of Lincoln High School or in Mr. Lape's class or Mr. Deloya's class, just shooting <laughs> yes. the breeze about sports. So, so without, we without that exact like um, Kornheiser will bond like, OK, next segment. OK, next yeah. segment. We just want to kind of see how it flows. So we're going to try yeah. it out. Everything's always, uh, as they say, in Big Bang Theory, a beta test. We're we're doing the beta <laughs> test to see how it right. goes, but but we're gonna do that more off like that, and then kind of make shows a little shorter. Maybe if they're shorter, we can do them more frequently. And I know, right. I know Frank's Frank's a dad, and and I'm still kind of figuring things out in terms of uh, you know, you know, kind of just moving on with my life, and uh, I'm getting to the part now where I'm kind of going through some of my mom's stuff and things yeah. like that. So I've been um, busy at work too, and I know you yeah, have work's been, been and, killing us too. And then I, I announced too off the off the air too that I'll be moving soon. We just purchased our first yes. home. So Frank is Frank is moving, and <laughs> well, other that um, my best friend Sierra, she's had her her child too in December. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to you know you know go out and see her, which I was able to do for at least a day. I want to make that more of a frequent uh, trip, but um. Uh, no, but no, that thank you guys so much for everything. And, uh, I feel like I've kind of covered everything. I do want to, um, you know, uh, dedicate this, this specific show, but just a podcast in general to, to my mom, uh, Annette Marie Allman. She's, uh, Frank, she's a big music person. Loved the Beatles. Jimi Hendrix loved all that stuff. You know, Woodstock. I know, you know she was because she made a few cameos in a few episodes where Bronson had to say, turn the music down. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny is that I would have to fight her on doing it. 
<laughs> but if she knew we were recording, it was never a fight. She would do it voluntarily. She loved she loved that I was doing the podcast. She lo- she always loved um and I, I promise I'm not going to cry, but I'm going to say <laughs> I am going to say that um my mom always said the thing that made her the most happy was that I was happy. And when mm-hmm. if I'd go do whatever I you know, if I went to a race or sporting event, um I'd always have a smile on my face as people see in public and um and she knows that when Frank and I record these, I kind of get a little bit of a smile because I get to reconnect with Frank. Um, as Winnipeg scores a goal, which is going to be immediately waved off by the ref, little <laughs> interference probably here. But um, but yeah, she knew how happy this show made me, Frank, and made you and I, and a way for us to stay in contact. And um, my mom knew your mom, and so and, yeah, there was always that connection because they worked yeah. together, and we had talked about each other, you know, back in the high school days of oh, my mom works with your mom, and yeah, I always smelled. I never did meet your mom, but I always felt I felt that connection with her through yeah. my she's my mom and very sweet woman. It's like they like said you laughed because she'd always have like you know the the oldies or like the Beatles on blast, and then I'm like I'm like Wallowitz on Big Bang Theory, or uh, or what came to mind was uh. uh Wedding Crashers with Will Ferrell. Ma, the meatloaf. <laughs> yeah. Ma, the ma, the music. But then she, she, like I said, if it was always for the show, she would, she would never even hesitate and and and, and turn it down, even turn it off. And you know, she, you know, I, I, if I came downstairs, she knew it was over, and she turned it, and she turned the music back on. But, but, uh, Bronson, but, uh, but if they, I don't know if they have uh, Google, Google Podcasts or iTunes or Spotify up in the up in heaven. But we're gonna have, I know we're gonna have a listener up there, no doubt. <laughs> um. I don't know if she'd listen because she's not a <laughs> She's always just like, I don't know if I'd be because she listened a couple of times when, when we go on long road trips, I throw it on the car mm-hmm. on the car ride. She used to always make me take work off to uh take her to doctor's appointments because she absolutely terrifyingly hated driving in Pittsburgh. Oh, who does so <laughs> I, I would have to take work off to drive her to to to, to Pittsburgh. So we, we would have the show on her once in a while. I think she just wanted to hear the voices. If you quizzed her on anything we talked about, she'd she'd have failed it. <laughs> but um, but uh, no, she always just enjoyed the fact that we were happy doing the show. So we move on in her memory, and uh, and uh, I, I always think about this even when I record because I always think about those moments. So R.I.P. to my mom, and uh, thank you again. Uh, I, I can't say it enough. Words can, can't express it. Frank, I put it on you on Facebook. People that didn't even think that I registered on their radar, even occupied real estate in their head, reaching mm-hmm. out to me. It just, I, I, I'm going to stop talking before I do cry because it's so overwhelming. And and you think people do really do care. And and and, and when you when you don't feel like getting through days, them reaching out to you, that stuff picks uh, you up for sure. Yeah, I know. I, sure. I saw that. I saw that too, and was my heart was warmed by it too. Just all the and, and people just like in, in Thanksgiving and in Christmas saying, "Hey, if you have nowhere to go, you're welcome to come over." I mean, yeah. people even like customers at, at my work and thing who knew wow. about my mom passing, and and people just people like I said, people didn't even know even like that probably would have never reached out to me. Just text me and say, "Hey, you're welcome over my house or whatever." And and then that's not to take away the my my, my many eight friends families who who the door is always open to me twenty four seven three six five. So, but now thank you again to everyone. And um, I'm tired of getting sentimental. Let's get into some sports. And uh, <laughs> well, Bronson, <laughs> I love you all, but I let's mean, get into great, it. Great tribute there, and like I, I second that. I, we dedicate this show to to Bronson's uh, late mother. So we do it in her memory. And but no, well, she would love for us to move on. I know that's what she would want, and this is what she we... was a big Steeler fan. So that's where we're gonna go right now. She did love <laughs> yeah. the Steelers. So talking about the Steelers, Bronson, as we get into it here, um, obviously we haven't recorded in a while, and it was probably midseason the last time we got together. And the the Steelers were kind of down in the dumps. I mean, they had a a one in you know one and four start after that big opening day win uh, in Cincinnati, where Minka blocked the extra point to save their bacon, and then the 
the long snapper being hurt for the Bengals. Uh, that whole fiasco. So the Steelers got off to that good start, one and zero. Dropped their next four, fell to one and four. It's starting to look bleak. Um, after that, they went to two and six, and it was really looking bad. People started talking about tanking, um, getting a higher draft pick. The offensive line was looking horrible. They finally did make the move from Trubisky to Pickett, which I didn't. Th- I honestly didn't think they'd do in year one. I think they would. I thought they would let him sit an entire year and catch up with the speed of the game and learn learn you know how life in the nfl is but uh week week five against the jets tomlin had seen enough trubisky really wasn't moving the offense there was no no spark at all um now some of that's canada people will say matt canada was really uh not not a great offensive coordinator this year kind of put the shackles on the offense and so did tomlin so was it really trubisky's fault i don't know but you could see from the jump when pickett came in um how how energized everybody was, how, how the receivers and, and everybody wanted to play behind Pickett more than they did Trubisky. And the excitement was palpable as it was, it was, it was there and and they were ready for him to be the guy. And, you know, it was rocky at first with Pickett. He came in, he threw some interceptions, you know, obviously the first three in that jet game, you know, almost all three weren't his fault. Um, so, you know, he got off on the wrong foot there a little bit, but, uh, Little by little, they got some wins. You know, the schedule got easier. Pickett got better each game. Uh, two and six became, you know, uh, four and six, four and five and six, four and seven, something like that. And then when they fell to five and eight, when they lost to Baltimore um, at home, that one was tough to swallow. And that, that one made me kind of think that maybe they, their playoff hopes are dashed and this is a year maybe to kind of tank the rest of the year and see what we can get. But tanking's not the Steelers DNA. I never really wanted that. I've had friends and some people telling me they wanted that, but you know, that's not, that's not Tomlin's way. That's not the Rooney's MO. Um, and, and lo and behold, the schedule worked out where, and you know, I, I don't use the schedule as an excuse. I mean, it was, it was hard early with Buffalo and Philly and, and all that. But, uh, so it did balance itself out towards the end, and they were able to stack wins, as Mike Tomlin likes to say, um, and get to to six and eight, seven and eight. They they go into Baltimore and get their biggest one of the year to get to eight and eight, um, and then they finish it off. With, uh, you know, they had the win. Their their playoff hopes were slim, and but still alive as they kept winning. And they they won on the season finale against Cleveland to finish nine and eight. They. I know it's much talked about, but the Tomlin non-losing season streak does continue. And yeah, you know, the goal is higher than non-losing seasons, but it's still something to pat yourself on the back for. Like, you know, never having a losing season is pretty impressive. So they kept that alive and uh, Pickett really progressed and really learned a lot. And I think he'll be great for uh, next year, hitting the ground running. Um, great experience under his belt. Um, unfortunately they did miss the playoffs. They needed six things to happen in week 17 and 18. They got five of them. Um, the dolphins actually won against the jets the last game of the year, which knocked us out. But, uh, Bronson, I was saying, um, one, one good thing about possibly about not making the playoffs is you have a good feeling uh, in good taste in your mouth for the off season, the way they finished. Um, if they made the playoffs and went to Buffalo, it's possible we could have seen a bloodbath again. Like we saw when we played them in the regular season, 38 to three. Yeah. And then uh, just like last year too, it's, we got killed by the Chiefs. So 
it's almost it's like you know what let's just end on a good note we weren't <laughs> going to probably make a deep playoff run anyway so it's funny because they were talking about that today on the fan i was listening to uh to pony and muller and they were saying that you know they they were kind of more the the cynic the, the cynicism of their side they said maybe it was better for the Steelers to make the playoffs and get a bloodbath in buffalo so they realize where they're at where someone said well if they don't make the they didn't make the playoffs, so we ended on you know even though yeah, the my, playoffs, my, my point, good, yeah. yeah, you're the you're kind of the uh, you're, I you're see the, both sides of it. I see both the benefits, <clears> of both, but because maybe if they maybe if they had gotten slaughtered in Buffalo, that maybe people would have got the blood they wanted in terms of Matt Canada being fired. <laughs> so, but now it looks like, according to all reports today, before we hit the record button, that Canada is probably likely to stay as the offensive coordinator. Yeah. So, but no, Frank, I thought you you kind of summarized uh, Pickett's development in the season, kind of. Down the line there for sure, um, and uh, you know, with I think that Jets game, it was funny because uh, give a shout out to uh, uh, two guys, Ian Carney and Shane From. I went to the uh, Mark Madden did a uh, public appearance at the the Shooting Polish Club of all places. We went there and watched the Jets game, and uh, <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, yeah, that was when they went to Kenny Pickett at half, and and Madden it was kind of commenting on it, but uh. And then there, there was that that big t- uh, allegedly there had been a, allegedly a fight in the locker room between Deontay Johnson and Mitch Trubisky, where people mm-hmm. think that led to the, the switch to Pickett too. So <laughs> Kenny had come in that week though, Frank, not having taken any snaps at all during the week with the offense. So yeah. it comes in cold and uh, yeah, they, I, two, three, I three, said three. it if they if they went to Pickett at the start of that game, they'd be ten and seven and in the playoffs. I think they would have yeah, won I mean, that I'm, game. I'm kind of I'm kind of Jekyll and Hyde on that. I feel like. The three interceptions, that, that first one I didn't feel was kind of his fault. I mean, it was just a Hail Mary. Well, yeah. Chase Claypool is, like, is a 6'2", is a, 6'3", a, six, six, guy that plays like he's 5'7". Didn't high we'll point chase, the ball. Yeah, and we'll chase Claypool talk about that in, in very Yeah, a good, a good note about him, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we'll talk about that in a second. But um, but he kind of he, he kind of shorthands that ball, gets a pick. And then Kenny throws another throws the the pick there where he should have thrown the ball into the first row, but he he tries to put it where only Fryer Move can catch, except that uh Fryer only gets tippy fingers on it, and then they get the ball bring it back to the way. But I'm not gonna bring down every game, but like yeah. Kenny had had you know, and then just you know there's some careless turnovers. Uh, a lot of people nationally will will remember the 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 back the back breaking pick against Miami on Sunday night. Where they were, he was marching them down the wind. And sometimes, you know, those those things you say about young athletes or, or teams that are coming into to winning form that you have to learn to lose before you learn to win. And right. Kenny certainly had a couple backbreaking drives along those lines when he first started taking over. That Ravens game was 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 lost uh, anyway. I mean, they, they were really down a little bit when Pickett came out of that game and they put uh, Trubisky in and then three three picks himself. Yeah, I didn't even blame that Kenny for that game. Yeah, uh, that, they might have won that if he didn't come out. Yeah. And Kenny, yeah, Kenny was is out of the, you know, he had some concussion issues this year with, you know, leaving the game early against Tampa and Baltimore. And then um, uh, most recently, um, I'm trying to think from Blake and I right now, who's this recently left um, the, the, for concussion issues. Um, Cincinnati, the Cincinnati game, I think it was. Uh, and then Pittsburgh. So, um, <clears throat> but no, it, it, it's just, you know, it did, things look bleakest, you know, the, you know, darkest just before the dawn. And, um, like you said, Frank, they had a really tough murderers row at the beginning of the year. Um, you know, they got stopped by Buffalo. They got stopped by um, Philly, Philadelphia. Yeah. And kind of, they took that, that bye week and then kind of came back to form. They come back, they beat new Orleans. 
yeah, they still lose to Kansas City, but you know. Then again, you said they, they beat on they beat on the teams, the not so good teams. Indianapolis two weeks into the, the Jeff Saturday experience, <laughs> they go down, they go down to Atlanta and win a very emotionally driven game. I, I always think about the um, Connor the Hayes touchdown, yeah. you know that because that's you know you know mm. the Craig the, the Craig Allen, yes Hayward thing, and then uh, yeah the the gritty the gritty win um, at you know. Um, they beat Carolina. That was still, that game was still a little too close for us to, yeah. to call there. But I think the one that really kind of turned turned the tables was uh, the you know was the Franco game, uh, Christmas mm-hmm. Eve day at, at at or here Pittsburgh versus the the Vegas Raiders, and they, you know they, they had the the memory of Franco Harris high on their on their um you know you know their you know their hopes and their hearts and and I don't want to say Pickett necessarily had a great game, but I thought there were some things he could work on too, but uh, it's just that Derek Carr had a much worse game than him. And uh, <laughs> the defense kind of pounced on him. And, and, and I mean, but, but Pickett was there at the end I mean, when they needed it. They, you know, it's like a uh, shout out to Brandon Hollow, which you know very well too. He's a good friend of mine. We watch games and he gets like so up and down with every drive. And like you and I, we've, We've we've watched these games for years, and because I was over his his uh, the family's house on Christmas Eve day or that night watching the game, and it's like it's so close and it's low scoring, and I'm like, and I just look at Brandon, and I go, why are you freaking? I go, if Pittsburgh's down seven or less at the end of the game, they're gonna win this game. Like this is, these are just games you know Pittsburgh's gonna win. Like hmm. if it's close at the end, more often than not they win these games, and sure enough, like, I, and, and that's what happened, and that's when Kenny started the, you know. Kenny clutch, you know, especially Vegas and Baltimore and then holding on versus Cleveland. But yeah, I mean, this is pretty much the, you know, I know we're talking a lot about Pickett, but it was, you know, he was kind of the lightning rod either, you know, he did really good or like, you know, there were the, the naysayers and things like that. And uh, I definitely didn't think Kenny was super great, but I thought he was, yeah, I, th- I felt like he got better every week, even if only marginally, sometimes he definitely diminished the turnovers. Um, there are still issues. I feel sometimes he runs himself out of place, Frank, which I think kind of is kind of breeded by the fact that the offensive line, although improving during the year, is not as good as we would like it to be. And obviously the running around helped him, uh, you know, in spades playing for Pitt. But this is the NFL. And, and I mean, he, he would I feel like he would run himself out of place sometimes or maybe he could make a better throw if he just stayed in the pocket. Um, uh, the, he, he diminished the turnovers. Um and I guess, you know, the thing has been criticized with Kenny is does he have the arm, uh, which I always thought he had the arm, even the, you know, in the Oh, past. you could see the arm, the pick and that's, throw against the yeah, Raiders. Yeah, like, like everyone's going to doesn't have an arm. He doesn't have an arm. And I go. The tight windows he's, he's, he's making throws on. Um, yeah. They just don't have an offense with Canada where they throw it deep. Like, well, that's I was going to finish my thought. Is it is it Kenny or is it or is it the play calling on Matt Canada? You know, uh, you know when he when he did, I was kind of debating people because I've been kind of pro pro too. Like he took a shot. Well, okay, well you're they're coming back, so the defense is spread. Okay, well, it doesn't matter. He's still hitting the throw. That one throw to Pickens, like you said, he's it's right in a window. He hits him right there. Um, so I'm not worried about Kenny. I think even the people who didn't like Kenny at first, you know, people like okay, he's not the pick we would have made. But I still think you know. There's, well, there's definitely something. He's growing on Big Ben. You saw the comments on Ben's yes. podcast. Um, one other person actually came out publicly. I don't remember and said, "I, I take back everything I said. This guy is the real deal." Stephen A. Smith came out and said it. Like we got our guy because he's a Steeler fan. Um, what I liked, what I, what I saw is like you, you touched upon it. The mobility, the way he rolls to his left as a right-handed thrower, which is yeah. really difficult. Um, the Najee Harris game winner in Baltimore. 
um, several other throws in that stretch run where he rolls left, throws across his body uh, really well. Um, he just has that knack. And of course, Madden, who I've boycotted because of his anti-pick <laughs> yes. stuff, I've made it, made <laughs> it known. Um, he, he likes, he loves to, to mock Steeler fans and go, he's got moxie. He's, he's a, uh, you know, he's got grit. He's gritty. He's got moxie. Like you're, you're mocking it because you know, it's true. Like that's, that's the kind of stuff. It's the intangibles that Pickett has that yeah. put him in the first round and put him in the Heisman conversation because he's not the talent of, you know, a, a five-star big time recruit, big time college player. Um, he's got the intangibles. He's got that knack to get out of sacks. He's got that early Ben Roethlisberger, you know, kind of extending plays, draw it up in the sand in them. And then you can see the leadership ability. He's already got that locker room. He's the leader. Yeah, they that, love playing he, for him for sure. He, yeah. He, these guys go to, go to war for him. Um, you saw in the Buffalo game when that guy tried to take out his knees that he, you know, he shoved him back. Like he's just got, he does have a swag to He's him. He's a kid from South Jersey, man. He knows. <laughs> right. Although if you look at some of those pictures from uh, Orange High School or wherever he was from, um, Ocean Township, he looks like a little choir boy. <laughs> so yeah, funny. No, Fine. but yeah, I feel like I, I do feel like sometimes with him being from Pitt, I feel like the media definitely fluffed some coverage on us. I feel like the critics were definitely well, like. Yeah, make it sound like he's the worst guy to ever ever right. play quarterback. I think what it told us because we saw other people. This kind of this is kind of where I'm going to swing into Brock Purdy. Whereas you know Malik Willis got to come in and play, and a couple other rookie quarterbacks. And I mean, are you telling me right now, with the exception of some people, probably would take Brock Purdy or Kenny Pickett? Are you telling me any other quarterback that was in the draft you would take over Pickett? There's not a chance. Yeah. And uh, and I guess a lot of people were mad because they felt like Pickett could have been had in the second round. Like yeah, after Pickett, no other quarterback went until the third. What the the third round? Yeah, Ritter and went. Uh, you saw. I mean, Ritter had a good couple games end of the year, but I mean, I mean. He he was not well at all before up until that point. Malik Willis clearly looked like he was in, in, in over his head with Tennessee. So the fact where they had to bring in Josh Dobbs. <laughs> yeah, I know Josh Dobbs coming right <laughs> up the street yeah. had to step in there. But of course the Brock Purdy rise. And I'm sure we're we're gonna chronicle that as we get through our shows here. Well, Purdy's yeah. on an amazing team. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. I said if Purdy was in Pittsburgh, he would not have done this. You know, amazing it's, coach it's, Shanahan. Sometimes the fit is there, and I think. Yeah. And obviously, you saw it with Brock. And if I looked at some of his college stuff, I mean, it's there. Just you had to find the right situation. And I think if the Steelers do, you know, if they make the right connect, the right tweaks, and and they improve what they need to improve, good Kenny won't have to run as much and things like. Like I said, Stan Saver was saying this too. He he always has that the power hour on the TV morning show. Yeah. He he, uh, you know, sometimes his his reads aren't there, and he was kind of going to some of the like running out of plays and things like that. He, Stan right. was kind of elaborating that, but he did say stuff. Yeah, Listen, well, time out. <laughs> and Stan said he goes, but these are things that can be coached. Yeah, and he's like he's like these aren't things that scare you away from him, and you know, but it, it was cool to see him kind of be there. And and uh, I mean, you think about that preseason game in Seattle where he versus he, he, he marches the comeback. I mean. It's definitely in his blood to, to kind of have that. And, and we'll see what happens from here, you know. And, you know, we're, and obviously we're going to, you know, as the, sh- the months go on, we're going to go into the 2023 um, draft. And and they talk about this quarterback class being a lot better than last year's. So they, they did say, you know, Pickett by far was the most NFL-ready quarterback and and and, and had the, you know, you know, limited ceiling but or low ceiling, but, you know, you know whatever, whatever you want to say. 
um, low ceiling, but you know, going to probably work out more than the other ones will. But high uh, floor, low ceiling. Yeah, high floor. Yeah. Thank you. High floor, low ceiling. Low ceiling. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's crazy, you know, kind of going into the off season. And as we just said, you know, they're likely going to keep Canada. But um, you go back, you know, just kind of looking at the end of the year, Frank. Uh, Deontay Johnson sets some records he didn't want to set. Set, you know, most receptions without a touchdown. He 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 ended the year with zero touchdowns. Oh, he did catch that two point conversion, so he did reach the end zone. That doesn't count, but um, uh, I felt um, George Pickens was became over the week so more integral part of the offense, which I get, which increased when Pickett came in there. Frank mm-hmm. Pickett wasn't seeing the ball with Trubisky as much as as the Pickett haters want to say it. That's the truth. And um, and Pickens, I still think is going to be a great one if as long as he continues to stay out of his own way. It doesn't um, become A. B. Junior. 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 Which I mean, <laughs> Pickens even kind of said, well, he, you know, kind of a shot at Georgia because it was <laughs> kind of came out of Georgia that he was a problem child, and he goes, see, I can I can be behaved. Well, you know, it's only one year, pud, you know, buddy. And then like, there was just, the get me the ball down in Atlanta, where he yeah, said, oh. they get me the ball down in Atlanta. I mean, I think it's just more of a frustration thing, mm-hmm. and and um. But then, you know, kind of the thing that was kind of rearing its ugly head, Frank, was kind of the, the way we would get angry of how um, Chase Claypool would play the ball. Like I said, he's a 6'5 guy. He plays like he's 5'5, five, five, you know, just he sure owns the ball. But the Steelers, the Steelers preyed on the desperation of a team and they sent Chase Claypool to the Chicago Bears for a second round pick. Now, keep in mind, Chicago had gotten a second from Baltimore in the Roquan Smith trade. Um, so, but it was, I was shocked that they gave Pittsburgh, the Chicago, their, their home their homegrown own, yeah. pick. But lo and behold, with injuries, the, the injury to Justin Fields and kind of the, the downward spiral of the Bears, Frank, it took to the, the last week of the season. And uh, Lovey Smith going for two as Houston's last game as Houston's coach and getting it in. And then, uh, you know, they lose. Chicago loses that last game. And, of course, you knew they were intentionally losing that last game because they started Peter, Nate Peterman, another pick guy. <laughs> <laughs> And they lose, and they get the number one overall pick in the NFL draft, Frank, in the first round. So I'm sure Bears fans are happy about that. But now that means that the, the Steelers have the 32nd overall pick. But keep in mind, the Miami Dolphins don't have it due to the, the tampering thing. And so essentially, Pittsburgh, how you want to make it, they have two picks in the first round. You, you can even say it like that. So we got some, you know, they got some ways to go, and they have a chance to, to do something with those picks. You know, obviously – you know, you do go defensive, you do go linebacker, defensive lineman, you go offensive line, which I think corner. a lot of people would go corner. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> Madden, take PZ's kid, Joey Porter, yeah, yeah. with the with Penn State. So a lot of things going that way for sure. And um, I'm sure we'll get into the draft as we we, we approach the spring. Um, but if, you, like you said, if you're an optimist for the Steelers, you get that, you get that, you get that other high pick and, and, and he came off of a, of a good way to end the season. Um, so it's definitely, if you're, if you're on that boat, there's a lot to, to be happy about. If you're, you know, if you're cynical and you, you feel that they're still a bad team, I mean, they, I, I, they're, they're the closest of, of any of the teams. I think now in terms of long-term getting back to where they need to be, there's still, like I said, there's still things they need to work on, but, um, but yeah, Najee Harris, not great, but I thought towards the end of the year, he got better. Mm-hmm. Jalen Warren was by far a big surprise, you know, right. the undrafted rookie running back. And that's good because you need two nowadays. And Tomlin's yes. finally realizing that he's not going to run the wheels off somebody like he used to say with Le'Veon Bell. And yeah, yeah Willie Parker know, Warren and was great and uh, great non-drafted free agent signing. Yeah, and the offensive line got better and that's what helped the running game late in the year. Najee's yeah, but- really looking good late. Yeah, and and uh, as I was to say, um, 
Luckily, it looks like we heard that uh, Pat Fryermuth is not, it's not an ACL. It's something that he'll be able to fix in the offseason. But I thought Connor Hayward, Frank, that game against Cleveland, he came in as the backup. I thought he did well. They ran some trick plays yeah. for Connor Hayward. I thought Connor Hayward, you know, what was he, a six round pick? Um, I think that, you know, I'm not trying to stooge because he knows Cam's brother, but but um, I thought Connor did a good job uh, stepping in there. I think he, you, and I figure worse comes to worse than Frymouth does come back. You can use him as like an H back. Kind of like, you know. Yeah, because I think Derek Watt's not going to be back unless he comes at the league minimum. Yeah, Um, I feel like he won't be back. And and Connor's uh, on that rookie deal, so it's... He fills fills that role of special teams, fullback, tight end, H-back kind of thing. And him and Pickett had great chemistry on the third team in in training camp together. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that's just kind of how I, how I came, how I came away with the Steelers season. I mean, I'm, I'm one of those people, Frank, that I thought, you know, maybe they could have just, like, you know, just thrown the, thrown the white flag and went for a higher pick because you can get a more qual- quality player. But I mean, if, if, if it's a chance to win, you, you can't go to the locker room and tell people to do that. Cause it just, it is as a, as a competitor, no. this isn't in their DNA to do that, but, but it maybe w- would have been better for them to finish higher. You know, the, the guy you've been boycotting Madden, he's, he said, maybe the Steelers are now trenched in the finish middle draft, middle stay middle, Yeah, you know, and, and, and who knows, but um, I mean, if they if they can hit on these picks, Frank, I think this will be a, a this will be this will be the off season we say that that put them on the next level if they can really well, effectively. And it's uh, Omar Khan and Andy Weidel's turn to kind of do a draft. Yeah, so so it's their first draft. I mean, we'll give those guys a chance to really load us up with talent again. Yeah, and I mean, who knows what happens free agency? I know, I know. Um, uh, Matt Williamson uh, was saying that you think maybe they they could have went for a um, a better. Um, Maybe go for a better defensive lineman. He thought maybe you know uh, if, if you can keep Ogunjobi back at a decent price, you bring him back. But uh, you know he goes, he could probably even do better than Ogunjobi because maybe try to see if, if Hargrave would want to come back. Um, and, and and then of course everyone was saying maybe Roquan Smith, but he since uh, signed an extension with with Baltimore, so that's that's off the table now. Um, there's so many things out there for sure. If they have money to spend, and I haven't looked at the cap, but. Um... You know, I you know back when we got Joe Hayden, that was a big splash. Like man, yeah. but so maybe they they get a big time corner. Well, I think it's going to be you know because because Bush isn't coming back. I don't think they're yeah. going to be I mean, a couple of those guys aren't coming back. So uh, Miles Jack isn't coming back. So they're going to have money to play with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll just see what they do with it for sure. But um, but no, Frank. I mean. You know, it was you know, uh, it was fun for me to watch Kenny Pickett play. I mean, if it was, I was like, it was kind of, one of those things, you know, the uh, are you not entertained thing, a gladiator. It's like if we lose games, at least we'll see Pickett play. At least we'll yeah. be entertained if we're going to lose games. Um, but but no, Steelers finished. And actually, the end to kind of end this or uh, toss this over to you before we end this. But um, one thing that Frank's not going to get off the hook off of the last last format of the show is we did do the the mid the preseason predictions, and um, I am going to recap them. So, the overall score is in terms of correctly picking wins and losses. That's a win. That's a loss. Frank <laughs> Frank already tagged me in something on Facebook the other day. Yeah. Said, "Are we ready for 2023?" I said, "No, no, no, no. You need to be graded based on 2022 already." So, out of uh, getting uh, losses and wins correct, um, I was I was 11 for 17, and Frank was only seven for 17. But he did get some good ones. Uh, actually, while we're doing that. I don't know if I wanted to bring the audio up, but I'm probably not going to have time to bring the audio up. But um, we'll we'll go into it anyway. So we each had Cincinnati lose losing the loss to Cincinnati, but remember that that was the the long snapper and the Minka blocked extra point. Pittsburgh wins that game. Pittsburgh did lose to New England, which I correctly predicted, and Frank did not correctly predict. He had a win there. 
we each had Pittsburgh winning and Cleveland on. Now, keep in mind, Watt was injured during the first four or five weeks of this year, yeah. so that kind of skews some of the picks here. Me and Frank both had them beating Cleveland week three. That did not happen. They lost in that in that game. We both had them beating the Jets. That did not happen. That was the picket debut game. We had them losing to Buffalo, and we were correct on those. Uh, so that may be two to one to you there. Um, then it became week six. I was trying to cue the audio up, but I'll I'll, I'll spare you the thing. Frank thought it was it was it was a shoe in that Pittsburgh was going to lose to Tampa Bay, and I made the bold <laughs> prediction on this podcast that Pittsburgh would win that game, and they did. They won that <laughs> game. When I when I make those bold predictions, they happen. Like last year when I said uh, these aren't your father's Buccaneers, though. they're not as, as no, great. no. We found out Tampa maybe wasn't <laughs> we thought they were. So yeah. Frank probably would have picked the right had he had a, had a redo on that. <laughs> uh, but I had Pittsburgh winning that game uh, versus Tampa. We each had them beating Miami, which they probably should have beat Miami, but we were wrong on that one. We had them both losing to Philly, which they did, and they never usually play well at Lincoln Financial Field. Um, we had them both beating New Orleans. That was correct. Um, I had them losing to Cincinnati, and you had them winning. I think you, you were doing the uh, win one, lose one thing. Um, uh, but the, the, they uh, they they picked the wrong game to win. They should, the, the, you were wrong on that one. Um, you had the losing to Indianapolis. Obviously, you didn't know the the, the downward spiral that they would go in terms yeah. of Ryan and and uh, Rank, Frank Reich losing his job and and Jeff Saturday coming fresh out of the ESPN booth or the the studio to to coach the the Colts. And I had them beating the Colts. And we each had a, each had them beating Atlanta. We each had them losing to Baltimore the second time. You had the losing to Carolina. I had them winning. Obviously, you weren't aware of the the Carolina quarterback fiasco there. You did get the Franco game right, Frank. I got it wrong. I had them losing to Vegas. You had them beating Vegas. We each had them losing the Baltimore, losing the Baltimore. They won that game. We were wrong on that. And we each correctly predicted a week 17, where was it? 18, I would say, uh, win versus Cleveland. So Frank and I, Frank and I uh, may have had it uh, wrong and in, in the wrong spots, but we each actually correctly predicted that the Steelers went nine and eight. So we, we are, we are the Nostradamus, maybe <laughs> to the Frank, according to the numbers. But um, yeah, we had the nine and eight, Frank, going into Sweet. September. So just just like we predicted, bud, just like we <laughs> wrote it up. So um, that's where that was at the, the playoffs, and obviously we're going to the playoffs. But we will recap of what we had going on here. I do want to mention you brought up a good point quickly, uh, oh. and I forgot to say it as we were like dissecting what went wrong this year and how they finished. T.J. Watt missed six or seven games. Yeah, and, and you have to think. I mean, the reigning defensive player of the year that he's worth maybe two of those games. So I think they went one and six with him out of the lineup. I mean, that's obviously going to be three and four or four and three. And we're looking yeah. at it and we're looking at a 10 and seven, <coughs> 11 and six team that made the playoffs. So everybody that wants to say your Maddens and your pundits that want to say this team's mediocre. They went nine and eight. The schedule was easy late. They missed the playoffs, middle, 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 they probably would have gone eleven and six if Watt played at the very least, and they would have been the four or like the five seed, um, and and been in the playoffs. So Mark I don't Cabal, to... Mark Cabal even said he goes that locker room when they were cleaning the locker. They they firmly believed that if they got into the playoffs, that they could have, they would have had to go to Buffalo. But um, yeah, they, they felt made like they some noise. Made, yeah, they could have. They could have because they were. You know, I always, you always say sometimes this isn't the best team; it's the hottest team, and and they were on a little bit of a run going in. But I don't think they would be Buffalo, but I, they might they might have given them a little bit of a 
And uh, then plus, lastly, lastly, with the Steelers, we did talk about the Franco game. Yeah. I, I can't I can't move on without just saying R.I.P. to Franco Harris. Yeah, uh, that is big news. That's since we've been gone. And um, sadly, they had the uh, celebration. It's 50 years to the day almost that the Immaculate Reception happened. And Bronson was on Facebook. He was actually at the over by stage A.E., the exact spot where Three Rivers was, where Franco right. the ball. And I, I've been in that spot, too, and saw the plaque that they have there. And it's like um, very sad that in his early 70s, you know, still pretty too young. Um, nobody knew that he was sick or reported anything. And he was supposed to be in town that week for the celebration. And days before they retire his Jersey, um, they announced that he passes away. And it was a, one of the saddest days, one of the saddest days I can remember in Pittsburgh, um, not just, not just as a sports thing, but as a public figure and a guy that did a lot in the community and it was so well loved and just, uh, so that was very sad. So we want to say, you know, thoughts and prayers out to the family and, um, NL at Sportscast. We we just want to send our well wishes. A, a Steeler legend passing away, and only the third jersey to ever be retired for in yeah. Steeler history. So that goes up to the rafters, and that was a nice ceremony that they had. Even yeah. though NFL Network cut the commercial, which yeah, ever, I mean, I was mad just did it, and then I was like, well, I said, I, said, I knew the Steelers were going to put it online, so I was like, so I, I was mad right for like now. ten seconds. I was like, I was like, I'll post it online. I'll get to There's see. There's a lot of uproar it's to see his wife and son there. Bittersweet, yeah. emotional night, but it, yeah, I just wanted to squeeze yeah. that in. And and I, and I and I wanna and I wanna uh, clarify some things that maybe I posted on social media. If you follow me on Twitter, um, a bunch of idiots on Twitter decided. Uh, remember, Mark Madden had that that running joke of free meal Franco, and so I I, I indulged him a couple of times because the one time, a lot of time, I know you know Phil, uh, Phil Villapiano and Franco are really good friends, and obviously they'd have dinner, and so yeah. So I posted something in which Madden liked or whatever it was, and and so and I always liked Franco and. Uh, but when he, but when he passed, some Twitter trolls decided to, to, uh, I guess, smack me on the hand and how dare I? Even though I even though I made those posts when Franco was 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 you know, alive and it was a, a tongue in cheek joke, but I decided to go after the guy and I'm like, well, you know, and you know, and Franco was was tremendous and he helped you know at youth kids and things like that, but I did try to go devil's advocate and he did he did advocate for a guy you know who was in the, I will try to make this as clean as I can. Um, you know, who's who yes, his, yeah. his his outward and support of Paterno, and we know it. You know what Joe Paterno turns back to, and things like that. I I I am not gonna put that on his epitaph or anything like that, but uh, but I I do feel like you know if you if you're gonna come after me and try to, in, in terms of Franco, I mean I, I'm gonna make that well known too. But no, I mean Franco Harris is one of my favorite athletes. My boss was a huge Franco Harris fan, and and we we actually had black and gold day that week too, so. He wore his Franco Harris jersey, so. But no, I, I'll, in my mind, mostly positive stuff. But as a Penguins fan, obviously, when he said that Mario was an absentee owner and things like this, the kind of things I think he was trying to say because him and Drew and Bettis were trying to get that Harris deal. But um, I mean, that's all forgiven on my end, even though maybe is it from Mario's end? I don't know, but <laughs> but no, but but all honestly, I just want to wrap it up and just say that, you know, I I, I was a big fan of Franco, and, and he deserves his his, his his flowers and 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 what he you know what that play is probably the most famous play in NFL history. You right. everyone knows where they were at when that immaculate reception happened. Kevin Nash even talked about it on his wrestling podcast about it. So, I mean, certainly Franco had such an impact, uh, not only just on Steeler fans and in Pittsburgh and in the community, but on, on, you know, sports culture as well. So uh, RIP Franco Harris. Um, and obviously Frank would love Franco Harris because he'll always know where he was sitting when Franco Harris announced 
the first round pick of Kenny Pickett. So yeah, we'll always tie that tie that on, to it. Yeah, so. on this show, watch on this show, a live, we, a live, we have a live reaction. We'll always said, know where yes, you're at. Yes, yes, yes. I play that clip <laughs> like a thousand times. So great. Um, but no, that's it. And I just wanted to go. But that said, R.I.P. Franco, and I'm glad they won that game that night for Franco. And then it was like record low temperatures. Franco yeah. remembers that. And you, I think up until like an hour before kickoff, Frank, you could get, you literally could get tickets for like single Five digits. Bucks. Yeah. yeah, because people didn't want to go to that, that that cold weather. But the people that were there, Frank, they were they were devoted, and they were they were bought into everything. And <laughs> and I think that's what made the crowd awesome, even if it wasn't filled up. The people that were there were rabid, and I think it made it a great crowd. So, R.I.P. Franco Harris. And I wanted to go into the, the um, not in the Super Bowl predictions here, but just um, how we had the AFC and NFC shakeout and see if we were right, Frankie. For the NFC, you had uh, Philly winning the East, Tampa in the Ooh. South, Ooh. Green Bay in the North, uh, and the Rams in the West. Uh, two for and two. you and two you go four. you go two for four. Yeah, you have Tampa. Tampa won a ridiculously. Eight and nine. <laughs> yeah. Tampa won a ridiculously horrible a- a- NFC South this year. And that's the, they were so, they were so, they were so mud and so mid that the Steelers uh, went four and oh in the NFC South. They cleaned, yeah. all, they cleaned it out. But, um, so you were wrong on Green Bay and the Rams, Frank, but you did it, the wild card. Was there three wild card teams? I have three teams written here. Three, there's three wild yeah, cards. Yeah. Because once you get the buy. Yeah. So you had, you had Dallas, Arizona, and Minnesota as the wild mm-hmm. card. And uh, obviously, um, Arizona did not make it. Cliff Kingsbury uh, would, uh, had to pay the penance for that. He lost his job. Um, but Rams didn't make the playoffs, Frank. Uh, I think that kind of that kind of fell apart on Matt Stafford's uh, yeah. concussions and bum shoulders. And then who knows now? Maybe they might have the quarterback of the future and, and Baker Mayfield of all people. And a new coach if McVay decides to step yeah, away. If McVay decides to step away, they can get a new coach. Uh, Green Bay. Um, Green Bay win. Green Bay did not win the, the North. Um, Minnesota won the North a dominant, dominant fashion. Dude, no one saw that coming. That game against Buffalo was awesome. Yeah, uh, and, uh, and I'm sure NFL Network will be playing that for years to come. But so that's how that shook out. I had the NFC going. I had Dallas, Tampa Bay, Green Bay, and the Rams, like you did. So I only get one ready right to get Tampa. Dallas does get in as a wild card, but they didn't win the East. And obviously, Green Bay and the Rams go for that. Although the the wild card, Frank, I did have. Well, Philadelphia, which they won the East, but I had Arizona. Yeah, it was Philadelphia, Arizona, Minnesota. So it's kind of, we just flip flopped some places. We had the same usual suspects really there, Frankie. Kicking over the AFC, you and I both had the Bengals winning the North. They won the North. Um, you and I both had Buffalo winning the East. They won the East. And you and I both had Kansas City winning the West. They won the West. This is where we swing and miss the AFC South. <laughs> I did predict that Jackson would be a better team. I did not. I did not predict this. Yeah, <laughs> you had Indy winning the South, and I uh, had the C winning the South. Well, yeah, neither one did. Neither That's neither a hard to predict division. Yeah, and then of all people, Frank, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Two two years the- in a row with a number one pick, year three playoffs. Doug Peter- just, I think. It's I think the it was NFL. Doug Peterson. It was Doug Peterson. He, yeah, he should first- get Coach of the Year. I think. Yeah, they may Doug- give it to Sirianni, but. Yeah, Doug Peterson was instrumental, and in, I think in the next next level development of of Trevor Lawrence, Frank, and and uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars make the playoffs. So, and then uh, our wild card teams, you had Tennessee, Baltimore, and what did you have here? Oh, the the Chargers. Okay, it's like yeah, Tennessee, Baltimore, and the Chargers, there. and I had um, I had I had L.A. Chargers, Baltimore, and Miami. 
So I had Miami getting it. So that's you had all three correct. That's, that's right. You 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 had the wild card perfect. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So you only missed one. Yeah. You only missed Tennessee Jacksonville. That's a great. You did great on the AFC. Yeah. Did yeah, we yeah. go through and did we go through and pick each round and pick a Super Bowl? No, I know we I, just we did, we just did Super Bowl and winner. I had Buffalo Green Bay. I think. Yes, you did. <laughs> you had Buffalo Green Bay with Buffalo uh-huh. winning, so you're still. I alive. still have my winner. Yeah. Oh, well, don't worry. You're, you're gonna feel better when I have mine. Okay. Buffalo and Arizona. <laughs> okay. So we 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 struck yeah. out on the NFC. Although oh, we, we have Buffalo. Buffalo. Yeah. We got the Buffalo Buffaloians uh, rolling there. So, and then I think we should get to kind of wrap up the NFL, Frank. Um. I think we um, should devote at least a few minutes to talk about um, what happened over almost two weeks ago. Um, Monday Night Football, Cincinnati and, and Buffalo. Uh, our pit brother, uh, Damar Hamlin. Yeah, that situation. Makes a routine tackle. He tries to get up. He collapses. Um, he's attended to in the field for what about 10 minutes. An ambulance comes out. Um, he was rushed to the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. Um, where it was later diagnosed, he did have cardiac arrest. Um, he was without oxygen for quite a few, for quite some time. Um, you know, emergency medical staff, you know, gave him CPR. Um, and it was crazy, you know, something we'd never seen in a long time, I guess. I guess someone said back then we weren't alive when the last time it happened. Um, uh, I think, Frank, I think about the hockey one. People forget Yuri Fisher, Detroit. Uh, that happened uh, not not as intense, but he, he did collapse on the ice. But um, but uh, yeah, he you know uh, the NF the game was eventually uh, you know postponed, and then ultimately they were not going to play it. Um, a lot of people, your uh, your conspiracy theorists feel like the rumors that the NFL was trying to see if they could get the game going. I know Sean McDermott said that he went to Zach Taylor and said. Um, I can't be here. I need to be with Damar. And um, anyone who loves football, and I think anyone who likes human beings and society and good people, uh, all were pulling for pull, are were then still are are uh, pulling for Damar Hamlin to make a very uh, a speedy and, and a complete recovery. Obviously, it hits home for Frank and I as well because we're big Pitt fans. We saw Damar play here in Pitt. Um, many live games where I saw him play. He was captain of the defense. Um, and uh, just something, you know, Frank, not to kind of take it home to me, but, you know, during that time, especially that Monday, I was kind of in a bad place mentally and just kind of questioning things, you know, uh, future things like that. Mm. And then something like that happens and it just changes your whole perspective of life. Yeah. That day, it's like, you know, you know, I'm not having a bad, you know, you can always have a worse day. And, and when I saw, you know, we saw the whole thing with Damar. ESPN took a lot of criticism, but I feel like nothing prepares you for something like that. And they had to bring Ryan Clark on a bunch of times, uh, you know, um, Ryan Clark, um, who else was up there? Was Scott talking. Van Pelt. So, PZ, Van PZ, Scott Van Pelt, but I mean, mm. those are the next players, him and um, Swagoo and, and those Marcus, guys. That, Marcus Spears. Marcus, yeah, yeah, yeah Swagoo. Yeah. And, and uh, a couple other guys. Dan think, Orlovsky. Dan Orlovsky, Damian Woody, yeah. uh, Chris Canty. Guys like those, they they were brought on, and uh, you just don't know how to cover it, you know. And uh, and Aikman and Buck, I think, did their best to try to really relay what they were feeling, what they were going through. Um, but Frank, it, it's nuts. And uh, then it goes into, I guess, you know, it affected the because that game kind of needed to be played for, um, you know, for playoff you know, implications. And I guess now they they announced the other day that Buffalo plays 
Kansas City. It'll be it. It'll be held neutrally in, in Atlanta. And I'm going to go into the, into rant on that here shortly. But um, just yeah, Frank. I mean, just we didn't really talk about during, but I mean, I know you felt it was like wow, and you know. And uh, we're we're glad that Damar is still living, and uh, he pulled out of it. And yeah, he, he asked the doctor who won. He goes, "You did, my friend. You won the game yeah. of life." Yeah. And, and uh, Damar's family, you know, they're so grateful. Everyone that reached out, and I uh, feel Frank. That's probably the most united the NFL and the sports community were mm-hmm. around this young man. And uh, like I said, we 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 are up close to personal being diehard Pitt fans know um, Damar Hamlin's story and where he's come from, and just uh, your reaction when he saw everything. Well, he became like the most famous person in the world there for a week, like, uh, yeah. you know, in a bad way. But um, I think some, one of his friends after he got conscious was like, dude, Damar, you're like the most famous person right now. Yeah. I mean, if you look at t- Twitter and trending and what happened to his foundation, which is amazing. Uh, $2,500 it started with uh, is now at like seven or 8 million um, up in McKee's Rocks, you know, a, a community close to Bronson and I. I actually lived there for a couple of years um, uh, where Damar's from um, a toy drive that he started while he was still in college, you know, as a poor college student. Um, and he's still going with uh, that. He's the, you know, the CEO of um, just in, a, in some way, people wanted to reach out and support him. Um they they started to donate to to that in droves and it caught on and it trended and all that and Josh Allen was putting like I think 10, 10 G's towards it and yeah it's like you know some some ba- some big athletes put huge numbers up but uh, just normal folks like you and I were putting ten dollars twenty dollars it's up to like seven or eight million I was telling my wife uh, Katie like you know that's that's gonna either buy toys for like twenty years or maybe they can donate some more to other communities other than McKee's rocks, or maybe he can like build a park or build a football yeah. field up in McKee's rocks. Like maybe they don't have to use it all for toys. So it's just going to yeah. be a great, a great thing to, to kind of do, take a situation like that and turn it into good. But no, my thoughts on it was crazy. Bronson, just like everybody else watching it's I didn't see it live. I flipped on the game and Same. saw that I saw that it was delayed and, saw like a replay and I'm like, well, you know, your first thought goes to concussion or spinal and I'm, I'm texting with friends and I'm telling Katie, I'm like bad injury on the Monday night game at ambulance out there. Immediately. I thought, I think a Shazier same field. Um, it's like, or Tua, same Tua, field. Yeah. Ironically, they're all in Cincinnati. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm seeing the ambulance. I'm seeing like people crying. I'm like, Oh God, a player broke his neck. And it has been a long time. It's been since Shazier, you know, five, six years ago, yeah. um, since a real bad spinal injury um, on the field that like paralyzed a player. Those are really scary. And that's what I thought it was. And then you get to hearing about things and like you, you get to see that like paramedics were running and sprinting and like you see that the guys are crying. Like you, you realize that this, this person might actually die on the field. And it was super scary to start thinking that until like, you know, it took maybe three, four hours. I was watching it all night till maybe one, two in the morning. I couldn't turn it off. Um, Cause you, once you learn it's Damar Hamlin, a pit guy, a local guy, you're, you're really not that you want it to happen to anybody, but you, you have a connection like Bronson said, um, you're you're really worried, and I'm like, please, you know, I'm praying for him. Like, please pull through. Don't let this young man die playing a game. Um, I my mind starts immediately going to like, how does the NFL 
go forward if this if this person passes away like what do they do and it's just you know it, it's, it, it makes you think maybe 20 years from now is football just going to go extinct like some people think that with these injuries but we start we started getting news at 2 3 a.m that like okay he's like ma- like still critical but possibly like there's a sign that he stayed like yeah gonna He's he did die on the field. They had to revive him with CPR and a defibrillator and big props to those trainers and paramedics yeah. that were there. If this happened anywhere else, he would have died. But the yeah. NFL obviously has an ambulance on the field, paramedics on the field. Um, I have a friend that's an EMT and he's done high school and college games. And like, yeah, if you ever see that ambulance that's parked like over in the tunnel, there's always one there, yeah. even, I, even 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 at high school and college games. I, I think about. Like I said, I thought about the Yuri Fisher thing back in, I think it was 02, I think, when he collapsed on the ice. Rich Peverly, I thought of. Rich too. Peverly. I yeah. thought of um, pro wrestling. I thought of... Um, Owen Hart. The, no, no. Yeah, well, I think it's... Oh. Well, that was a tragedy, but I was thinking more... You probably don't remember this one because you were... You're out of the wrestling scene. Is it clear my failure? Mankind so, falling off the steel cage. Oh, my God, he's dead! No. No, actually... Um, <laughs> that was fake. Uh, I know. <laughs> Uh, stop! <laughs> Kill him. You're gonna be Kill no, him. actually, no. I'm getting serious, but um, uh, I thought of uh, Jerry Lawler on Monday Night Raw went into cardiac arrest during the airing of Raw. They were actually off camera, yeah, and uh, Jerry Lawler, like he, he kind of Michael Cole said, he was kind of leaning over, like he was falling asleep, and all of a sudden he just he he was he was out. And uh, they were lucky because uh, actually, uh, uh, well, well famous doctor you would know from the concussion movies, uh, um, uh, Doctor Maroon. Uh, it, Ola, Dr. Bombay. Maroon, yeah, yeah. Dr. Maroon uh, was right there because they always have a doctor right there by the ring, and uh, they said if he was literally like five feet away from Jerry Lawler, and they said if um, Raw was in Montreal that night, I remember that because he was in Montreal Hospital. They were in Montreal, Canada at the at the Bell Center, and uh, they said if uh, Dr. Maroon had not been there, Jerry Lawler was pretty much as good as dead. Um, but he was right there. They were right there on the scene. And the, I guess the good thing in that case, I guess, is that wrestling is ring centered on camera. So when they were applying the help to Jerry, um, it was all off camera. Yeah. So you couldn't see it. And then, you know, Michael Cole comes on right after commercial. He said, listen, this is not part of the, this is not part of the show. Jerry Lawler was transported to ICU in Montreal. And yeah, it was a couple of days before he, he was a good spirit. So it's funny now because, you know, he does appearances. He actually, Frank still uh, once in a while wrestles it in his local Memphis. So, you know, he still wrestles and stuff. So, you know, miraculous recovery for Jerry. But I, that, the, the DeMar Hamlin thing, I thought we thought Yuri Fisher first and then Jerry Lawler. Cause like it was, it's just, it, it just could happen. Your body, it's just, it, it's crazy how just things can happen that quick. And I was hoping, like, I, I was just like, I hope Joe Buck does not have to like announce that he died or Scott yeah. or Scott Van Pelt. Like I was like, What's please mentioned? make it. What's funny because like you mentioned the Owen Hart thing and uh, they yeah, did. That's what I was thinking the, of. the dark side of the ring on Owen Hart and Jer- Jer- Jim Ross, who's no longer affiliated like WWE. He uh, he said that uh, he was told by Kevin Dunn, the producer on the on the overhead or on the, on the headset. He said we just lost Owen Hart because he just died. He goes, and we're live in ten, nine, eight. And it's like night. He, he has yeah. to tell it to the crowd yeah. or on TV, you know, the pay per view. So, yeah, the, the broadcast is being put in positions not to do that. Definitely, it's definitely tough as well. But we're we're glad that Demar's made great strides. He's back in Buffalo. He's been released mm-hmm. from from the hospital there, and uh, who knows what happens next with Demar? I assume I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not even gonna begin to prognose what his future is. But they did say that he uh, whether he plays football or not again, he will be 
he will see every set of the contract he signed. Yeah. So, and I think he's going to have a normal life again. I don't think this is like going to cause heart issues. It was that freak thing where they um, they talked about it, where a, a direct blow to the chest at the wrong moment can stop the heart. And yeah, uh, yeah it took CPR and a defibrillator and AED and um, to to get him. And then he did. They said they lost him in the ambulance again, and they had to do it again. So he kind of died twice yeah. and was revived, and then. On Tuesday, on Wednesday, it improved each day. Um, doctors, when they announced that he had all cognitive function, that was great because anytime the the brain doesn't get oxygen for even like you know sixty seconds, um, it you you could end up losing you know becoming a, like a vegetable. Sadly, but yeah. they they got him revived quick enough that they and when they announced that like he's all normal with like his neurological function, that yeah. was a great sign. And then like as you got later in the week, Wednesday, Thursday, it's signs pointed up he started tweeting um he facetimed his his teammates he was off the ventilator uh breathing on his own it was like oh man you know praise god he's gonna make it and now like, yeah. on on a plane back to buffalo checked into a buffalo hospital to, to to get checked out um everything looked good there and he was back at his his buffalo area home and yeah. uh yeah obviously not gonna play this playoff run take the whole off season see how your bodies go and see what doctors say it would be amazing if he does suit up and play again but i wouldn't blame him if he retired because yeah. that's that's something that's just so <laughs> So so shocking and jarring and and, uh, and and traumatic that he may want to hang him up. So we'll have to see. But well, and it, him FaceTiming the team, he's like, you knew you're like you're like you knew that last week New England didn't have a chance. They were they were they were bringing yeah the plays that opening kickoff too. Like you have to think like there was something special with that being taken back and yeah and, and it, it possibly could spearhead an entire Buffalo run. Now obviously they are like one of the favorites, but it would be kind of a cool side story if they you know win the win the Lombardi for DeMar, for Demar and if possibly you know maybe he's at the game and if they're yeah. hoisting if they're hoisting the Lombardi they get him up on that stage and and hand Good. the trophy hand the trophy would, to him would be a great imagine? story for sure. They hand the trophy to Demar Hamlin. I can't you well, can't write it better than that. <laughs> yeah, oh for sure and. uh and then, and then, of course, like some of the guys, some of the media members that came out said that they should have worried about finishing the game. I, I don't really try to give them no mind, Frank. I think it's just it's hot takes for the sake of hot takes of just getting your name out there in the press. Skip Ellis is a pro at that. I never just took it. I never took it seriously. I never even get, wanted to give him even a, a shred of credibility. Like it was just something. Like, it's it's just in a way to get your name out there. A lot of people are burying Goodell in the NFL too. Like the whole five minutes to warm up controversy that was out yeah. there but yeah they they were in new york and not seeing the severity i think they like me thought it was spinal or concussion yeah and like the game with shazier went on like games go on normally but yeah once they learned that it was very dire yeah. and he almost died they yeah the the plan was five minutes if they get a thumbs up from him yeah but they and, didn't get so they didn't get that so they canceled i mean yeah, no, no, and then like I said, everyone here at the ANL and Sportscast wishes uh, Demar a, right. a full recovery. And uh, there's really no other way. There's really no way to transition to another subject from that. But we, we got to get to the playoffs. Is that well, the next? Well, yeah, we are. And, but I do. I did want to mention the one thing. Um, like I said, the Buffalo Kansas City game, if it's neutral, will go to Atlanta. Thanks to that game that did not get yeah. finished. Right. And uh, a lot of people, a lot of. Uh, a lot of, lot of conspiracy theorists and people who are against it, and they're saying now maybe this is the NFL's way to kind of um, piggyback and maybe test drive the theory of 
the conference championship games getting their own neutral locations, you know, <laughs> aka another way to, to 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 drum up more money in the pocket like of the it, NFL. Yeah, make it an event. Yeah, and, and this is and I'll throw this back to you quickly. This is what I feel like. I guess you do that, you know, if it's about Atlanta because Atlanta's not in the playoffs, you know, maybe some guys will, will pony some coin up to see a good game like that. But I just don't I don't think that has any eternal long long term shelf life. I, I don't think, you know, yeah. you are going to pay that much for a, a conference championship game. Well, they I, talked about it being at Acrisure, and I, I was thinking I wouldn't really want to go to that. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, really. I mean, yeah. I was like, if, if it was at Acrisure, would you go? And I'm like, yeah. I, I wouldn't pay any more than I would for a normal Steeler game. Like, yeah. I'm the, you know, I don't know. And I feel like it, even worse in the South because you, you're you competing with other things that, that, that are, you know, with other things going on, but mm-hmm. but no, I I I know a lot of people are saying that this is the next step of them. Now they're gonna, if this turns out, if they play Buffalo, plays Kansas City, and they play at Mercedes Benz uh, Dome and uh, Stadium in, in Atlanta, then they'll the all the conference ch- title games will be. In well, if you're Kurt second. Warner, Kurt Warner's probably for it. Did you hear his hot take on how he doesn't think weather should factor into football games? Uh, I didn't hear it, but I'm not shocked he said it. Yeah, I mean, it played in a dome his whole career, or in yeah. Arizona, but yeah, he said you should see the best of the best with not with nothing interfering like weather. And if you get to the final four, the games are at that high of stakes. Um, I can see them calling it like final four, like college basketball, where the semifinals are all neutral and it's in a dome or in a warm weather field. So you get the best competition. I was shocked. I thought it would be in Pittsburgh or Cleveland because uh, I thought they would want it outdoors and cold because Kansas City and Buffalo are both outdoor cold. I, I I even thought maybe they would even they would even toy with Detroit. Yeah, being be, uh, that well, might like, well that might be biased to Buffalo. I think yeah they, because they're like well, fans probably, biased to Buffalo. <laughs> true, that's true. Yeah, they, they probably they picked a site that's like equidistant from yeah. both. Um, so hopefully you see fifty fifty in the crowd. But well, I mean, it's just like I said. I think they think that that it would fill a stadium up, but I feel like. I don't think it would fill a stadium up. I, no, why are you going to pony that much money up to go to a, a conference title? They're going to have to have giveaways, and they're going to have to help like Chiefs and Bills fans with travel arrangements to fill that yeah. stadium. Yeah, that's what I mean. Because I don't think any – like maybe 10,000 Falcon fans go just for something to do. But <laughs> I'm, I'm saying if, if that's what they're hoping to do, I'm telling you it's not going to work. I would term. be interested to see how they pink the end zones. Is there going to be one end zone of a like, like a bowl game? One end zone of Chiefs, or the now the Chiefs are the number one seed, so that they get it as the as a, as a home game with both yeah. ends of painted Chiefs. I mean, uh, <laughs> I hope it kind of happens because I I just want to see it to see it. Frank's cheering for the anarchy. <laughs> I kind of thought, and I I have I somebody has to explain this to me uh, why the Bengals aren't in the in the equation because would would not the Bengals if they were able to beat Buffalo that night. Could they not have leapfrogged Buffalo in the standings? To uh, two one Jets. Yeah, I just saw two Wheeler uh, score. But I think the Bengals could have leapfrogged Buffalo. Shifley, actually. So if Buffalo Cincy is the game, uh, you think it would be neutral. But maybe Buffalo Cincy, you know, like what if Buffalo Cincy play in the second round? Can they meet in the second round? What is that getting gonna be neutral? I haven't heard. I have no clue, to be honest. But, because if they if they rematch from the Hamlin game it's kind of unfair for that game to be in Buffalo because the Bengals didn't get their fair shot at beating the Bills. But we'll yeah. have to see how it shakes out. But that, then, that's a, go ahead. 
No, I was saying, no, I was, I was heading your direction. Um, yeah, that's that a good, good be that. transition. Get, we got transition to the playoff picks, man. We, we got to talk we, about um, six big games this weekend. It's always they call it Super Wild Card Weekend. It's a, it's a, a new expanded playoff format that we started a few years now with seven teams making it with only one buy. So the NFL, of course, milks that extra game now, um, where they get a. A, a, a full slate this weekend. One, uh, two on Saturday, three on Sunday, and then they've even oh. three one Jets. Oh my, this is not looking good now. Um, still a whole period to go. Let's hope. But yeah, and then the Monday night game, which I don't like. I think it's uh, not fair to have a short week after uh, the Monday night game for the second round. Um, I thought the first time they did it last year, I thought that Rams Cardinals game was really strange on Monday night. It didn't feel like a playoff game, no. but, but kicking it off Bronson, we'll just talk like kind of briefly about each game and maybe give both of our predictions. Um, it starts off with Seattle and San Francisco. Um, that's a, a, a theme this weekend too, is uh divisional rematches, which is kind of cool the way it shook out. Um, but Seahawks and Niners, Niners swept the season series. Um, so this is game number three. That's that kicks off wild card weekend in San Francisco. They, uh, they of course are the, I believe the 49ers got the two seed and the Seahawks snuck in as the final team with green Bay losing as the seven seed. Um, the nightcap Saturday is one that I'm looking forward to. I think this is going to be a good one. It's the chargers and Jags. Um, Bronson talked about the Jaguars winning the NFC AFC South, um, finishing strong, going nine and eight, uh, winning that winner take all week 18 game against Tennessee. Um, Trevor Lawrence coming into his own, much like Kenny Pickett, you know, he's a little bit older than Pickett, you know, uh, not older age wise, but, um, NFL experience wise, this is Lawrence's, uh, I think is it his third year or second year now just finishing his second year. Um, Lawrence has really made imp- improvements that defense in Jacksonville has been really good. So I'm excited for that one. Then Sunday Bronson, um, a triple header, um, so much football that day. Um, America's game of the week. It starts off uh, one o'clock dolphins and bills, another divisional rematch dolphins get the, uh, they, they sneak in as the seven seed just ahead of the Steelers. Um, third string quarterback, Skyler Thompson's going to go Unfortunately for the dolphins. They lose Tua, and they make a smart move in the off season and getting Teddy Bridgewater, a proven backup knowing Tua's injury problems, but he's hurt also. So they have to go all the way to third string Skylar Thompson. So I don't know how much of a chance they have against Buffalo. Um, This one might be ugly. Then you have the middle game Saturday, which is one. I was talking to friends at work about this one today. This is one I can't really get a feel for Giants and Vikings. Um, Vikings, like you said, owned the North this year, but they kind of sputtered late. They kind of got blown out in a few games, like strangely. and are are they as good as their record? We'll see. But Daniel Jones is a uh, coming into his first playoff game. Uh, the Giants haven't been in the playoffs since since 2016. Um, I, I I think this one might lean Vikings. Um, the nightcap Saturday Ravens Bengals, the third uh, divisional rematch. Um, that and oddly enough. Uh, they played last week. So they play each other in the same stadium back to back weeks. Um, and the Ravens are at risk of going with their third quarterback, Anthony Brown, because Tyler Huntley 
uh, who backs up Lamar Jackson is hurt. Um, he's questionable and Lamar Jackson has been ruled out. So Lamar's knee must be worse than a lot of people thought because everybody said they're resting him to the playoffs. They're resting him to the playoffs, but Baltimore already announced that, you know, Lamar Jackson's out for this game. So most people are going to be leaning Bengals on this one. And then that Monday nighter to wrap up wildcard weekend is a really interesting one. Um, with Dallas and Tampa Bay, they've played in the regular season back-to-back years. You remember the epic opening night game two years ago um, in Tampa. Um, but Dallas, the better team, but but Tampa gets the home game, a rule that a lot of people would like changed. Makes you think of the Saints in the beast mode game against Seattle, where Seattle was 7-9 and nine and got to host the 12-4 and four Saints and beat them. Um, do, do, do they really deserve the home game just for being a division winner or should it go by record? Um, it's up for debate, but this one's in Tampa. Uh, Dallas should win. They're the better team. I think they're probably favored in Vegas, um, but it's Tom Brady and it's a home playoff game. So Tampa Bay is going to come out uh, with something to play for. So Six really fun, interesting games, Bronte. You might see a couple blowouts with those third-string quarterbacks. If Tyler Huntley plays, Baltimore might have a shot to keep it close. But um, I'm interested in all six, Bronson. Um, even though I said Giants-Vikings may be like maybe the bo- most boring of the six, um, I'm obviously going to try to tune into every game if I can and and check it out. Uh, my favorite game is probably Chargers-Jaguars followed by Cowboys-Bucks. Um, but the, it's it, I'm excited for it, Bronson. It's going to be great football. Um, it's the best time of year in the NFL, and it's uh, I'm I'm certainly excited for it and. Uh, I want to get your thoughts and what you what you what you think going into this weekend. Oh. I think Lamar's kind of dominated most of the story with him not being able to play. Yeah, and now is it now is there ulterior motives? You know, he is representing himself. He is due to be a free agent. Yeah, could, could he push himself to come back? Is he just trying to preserve his body slash his business and his LLC to to get a better garnish a better deal? Not garnish to grab a better deal in the off season. Who knows? But I mean, if they ruled him out, I, you know, he's out. But <clears throat> I I think the, I think Cincinnati beats them even with Huntley in the lineup. Um, I'm going I'm going against the grain. Oh, I guess I guess I'm going with favoring Vegas, but I think Dallas beats Tampa Bay. I think everyone thinks that this is a Brady win because Brady's never lost to, to Dallas, and so I think that's why I, I think that that's why I think Dallas is going to win this game. Plus. All the is Mike McCarthy in the hot seat? Is Mike McCarthy in the hot seat? Is would they move on from Dak? Is Zeke this and that? It's always these kind of games where Dallas kind of steps up and wins the game. So I got Dallas there. Like you said, Minnesota stumbled down the stretch of their opening dominant performance in the regular season. Um, and I just I'm I'm with Brian Dable, man. I love what he's doing with the Giants. And I, I just love his style of coaching. And I think I do. I, th- I think the Giants win this game. And I'm, I'm still one of those guys that hasn't given up on Daniel Jones. I just think the talent is there. He just he just maybe either needs to get out of his own head or have better development. Um, but uh, I, 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 I think the Giants win that game. Um, I think Buffalo kills Miami. I don't think it's even close. Even even if, if, if Bridgewater were to play, which is not, Scott Thompson is going to play. Um. For some reason, I love the Chargers, but I, but I'm actually gonna go with the Jags. I feel like I feel like this might be a game where uh, this is the, the Peterson factor. I think 
I think that he might he might get a chance to coach him up and make them not maybe not necessarily happy to be there. A guy who's won before, he's won Super Bowl. Um, that's kind of my maybe my upset pick of the week, maybe if if, if there was one. Um, and well, obviously we were shocked of saying if still said San Diego if LA won that game, but um, I, I love the story of the Jacksonville Jaguars, and not because they're owned by the cons, and I'm an AEW wrestling guy and everything like that, but <laughs> but um. But yeah, but uh, that's the one I'm thinking about there. I'm trying to think other. Uh, I'm not looking at, at a screen, so I'm going after the matchups here. Some I'm I'm, I'm missing. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, Seattle and San Francisco. Um, I had the 49ers. I think the Brock Purdy, um, the Brock Purdy fairy tale continues. Obviously, not just him, but they're good defense. And then Debo Samuel, who's the OW offensive weapon. Um, Good job. I mean, one thing lost to this is Geno Smith made the Pro Bowl. He had a, he had a decent year, a pretty good year for Geno Smith. And uh, what a, what a turn that was, Frank. I mean, that 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 Denver Seattle trade for Russ. I mean, Seattle got all those picks, and then they got some good <laughs> players. They got fit, and then and, and, you know, the, the follow the 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 um the downfall of Russ in Denver, which maybe they're hoping a coaching change will fix that. Um, but I, I have San Francisco winning that game, and I'm trying to think if there's any other game that I did not cover. That uh, oh uh, no no three AFC three AFC. I'm trying to think, I think I covered them all right. Cincinnati Baltimore, uh, Buffalo Miami, LA Jacksonville. Then I covered Tampa Dallas, and I covered um, Minnesota Giants, and I covered uh, Minnesota Giants, and I covered uh, Smith. Uh, I covered the other game too. It's off the top of my head. Ravens, Bengals, Dolphins, yeah. Bills, Seahawks, yeah. Niners. Yeah, I just covered Seahawks, Niners. So yeah, I covered them all. Those are my winners there, and then we'll see where we go from there. But uh, it'd be cool. Like I think, I think the Brock Purdy story is awesome in San Francisco. And w- and what if like, I was telling my friend Shane from you know Shane, what if like the Niners won the Super Bowl with Brock Purdy? With Did Mr. they go back Irrelevant. to the drawing board on 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 Trey Lance? Do they do that already without? That? Well, I, yeah, like it's like a, the whole Nick Foles thing, like right back yeah. to Carson Carson Wentz after Nick Foles wins the Super Bowl. But uh, no, you have you have Jimmy G, you have Trey Lance both out. And it's like the Niners are stacked on defense. They have Christian McCaffrey now. You know, all these weapons, uh, there are a lot of people's pick to win it all. And, like, can you imagine how dominant they might be if they had, like, a, you know, a, a good veteran that they brought in? Or if Trey Lance was healthy and was able to do his thing, like, how good have they would have been? Would they, would they have been 16-1 and one or something or, fit, you know, 14-3 and three and, like, big favorites to win it all? There's still a lot of odds makers picks with Purdy to go all the way. So, yeah, that's going to be fun to follow to see if he's a game manager and they just win with defense and running, or if he actually like actually you know maybe a game-winning drive where he wins the game for them or something. So very yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing them make a run, even though they would tie the Steelers with six. Um, if they Everyone win always it. goes like that. Oh, they would tie the Steelers with six. So would Dallas. Um, yeah. But New England already tied us, but. I guess I didn't give my predictions when I announced the game. I'll go through. You kind of them up. I'll go through quickly here. I, I got the Niners at home, just saying they are one of the the best teams going. Uh, they, I, they're them with the Bengals are the hottest teams. I think you know they've combined one like seventeen in a row or something. Um, then I have uh, I, I I think that the Jags are going to carry the momentum, like you said, the Peterson factor. The Chargers have been a little bit vanilla this year. Herbert had an, an you know underachieving year. Um, so I got the Jags. I wouldn't be shocked, of course, that game if it went to L.A. But um, 
Obviously, I'm going to go Buffalo. Skylar Thompson playing for the for the Dolphins. I don't give them much of a chance. I'll go Vikings at home just because I, I think Daniel Jones might be a little bit deer in headlights in his first playoff game. Um, I don't think the Giants' defense is that great. So I like Cousins and Jefferson and, and Hawkinson and Dalvin Cook to kind of explode offensively in that game at home. Um, give me the Bengals over the Ravens, you know, of course, with even if it's Huntley. Um, but if it's Anthony Brown, definitely Bengals in a in a in a route. Um, and then I'm gonna uh, it's I I got Dallas beating Tampa. I know it's Brady. It's a home game, but it's it's not your like I said, it's not your father's Tampa Bay Bucks anymore. They don't have Gronk. They don't have the all the weapons um, that they had in their Super Bowl run two years ago. Um, Brady is I you know maybe can we finally say he's starting to get a little bit close to the end. Um, so I, I like Dallas there, um, but when, uh, I, you know, obviously it's hard to – I shouldn't be going against Brady. You've always learned your lesson, so they, they could pull it out. But, no, I'm just excited for to, to get the popcorn or whatever, the chips ready and, and, and your favorite beverage and just uh, <laughs> take in all the football this weekend. It's going to be really uh, really fun to watch, and then we'll go to – I've already stocked up, Frank. And then chips that, and chip. I'm ready, brother. And, you know, we, I, I know that we said our schedules are crazy, but maybe we'll be able to get on for a short one next week to predict. Yeah, we can the, do that. Even if we do like a half an yeah, hour show or something. Predict, that's fine. predict the second round because we'll, we'll, we'll want to try to get on each week here to predict our and, and talk about each round. But, no, that's I'm excited for that, Bronson. Um, we'll be talking. We'll, we'll take you through the playoff run and, and the Super Bowl and everything. And and uh, this, this, this could be a fun year. I, I don't even know where the Super Bowl is this year. Do you know? Is it Phoenix? Yeah, it's, it's in. Uh, yeah. Glendale Glendale. Glendale, yeah so sad the Steelers can't be there but I'm excited for some great football and I guess we haven't talked about the two bye teams the Chiefs and Eagles they're waiting in the wings they're just chilling chilling (laughs) Um, I I love I love watching Jalen Hurts play um so exciting such a dual threat run or throw so they're going to be tough to beat and then the Chiefs are the bye uh you know Mahomes even without Tyreek Hill um, has still found a way to be explosive this year. So they're going to be fun to watch once we get into the second round as well. So I think everybody is hoping for that Buffalo-Kansas City rematch um, yeah. down the road. And Bronson, just a note, there is new rules. Um, the Josh Allen rule, I guess, um, a touchdown in overtime doesn't win it. Um, you have to remember that they did change the rule where a team will be able to match a touchdown in overtime. Um, so that you won't see that. It's just for the playoffs, right? It's for the playoffs. Uh, you won't be able to see a team win the coin toss, score a touchdown, and win it. The second team would have to match it with a touchdown. Okay. I don't know if that second team, um, I imagine if they go for two in the win, they could win it, which is kind of unfair to the first team because the first team wouldn't know they should have had to go for two. So I don't know if the NFL has thought about this and if the second team would risk it. But if the first team goes down and scores and gets seven, the second team has a chance to match it. Can they go for two and just end it? That kind of is advantage second team, which is kind of not fair. That's not the art of a coin toss. So that'll be interesting. I don't know. I don't think any coach would risk it. Maybe Riverboat Ron Rivera. But um, I think if you're that second team, if you're that second team and you go for two, because if you tie it, then the first team gets it again, can win it with a field goal, I think. 
Yeah. I, I'm not sure if the second, if the third possession is a field goal, if the if the second team gets another chance to match that. I haven't looked that deep into it, so because um, that then the game's just going to go forever. But um, no, yeah, that's something to think about if we do get overtime again. But uh, definitely excited. We'll keep you updated here on the NLN Sportscast, of course. Well, what's going on in the playoffs? Go ahead. Real quickly, reflections of the national title game that was Monday. As uh, as uh, as Shane from so eloquently said in our our discussion group, he said uh, he said uh, I was uh, I was thinner and had more hair and actually had hair when uh, Stetson Bennett walked on Georgia. So yeah, that's <laughs> I guess there's good good chance for us to just move on to kind of the uh, wrapping up the show with like a few grab bag items. Yeah, we'll that's talk. kind of what I'm doing right now because I, I I know Frank guys Frank and I thought about talking about the Penguins, but I'm like too depressed talking about the Penguins right now. Yeah, they're, we do that. <laughs> yeah, the Penguins—they've they, kind of been wishy-washy, win one, lose one, win one, win one, lose one. So we might have I'm to. I'm only going to be in a bad mood, and I'm, and I'm really. Maybe we'll mood. have. Maybe we'll have either you and Mike, or all three of us, because he's a big hockey guy. He's maybe we'll have. A, maybe guy, maybe we'll have a pens only episode in the near future. You do that. But, exactly. well, I, I don't. I don't want to get depressed, Frank. The losing three <laughs> one, and I don't play the plan. And we're talking yeah. football, and I'm in a good mood. So let's just keep the, the thing going. But, with, but with no, you brought up the national title game, and um. The national back to back national titles. The national title game was actually on New Year's Eve between Georgia and Ohio State. Come to, come to think of it, because those are the two best teams in the playoffs. And kind of sucks is because you cheer for that 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 TCU to make it. Now and I see that they're exposed. Like you see that yeah, they can't. Ex- Shane, texted Shane because you know he's watching out in Vegas and we we Facetime and watch the games together. So those, and I said, well, TCU literally has ruined every like Cinderella story now. Like the committee will think about this now and like right like. Like like TC literally just ruined it. And like, well, it's going to go to twelve teams in a couple. Well, weeks. before the I'm yeah. talking about between now and the when it expands. Yeah, but because but, uh, but somehow they they were able to beat Michigan. I mean, I know Michigan turned it over a bunch, but um, I guess maybe it tells you how maybe not as good the Big Ten is. But Ohio State took Georgia to the to the woodshed. They were up two scores most of that game, and they targeted and knocked out Marvin Harrison Jr. And after that. Yeah. Georgia steamrolled it, and then that field goal at, as, as the ball dropped in New York City. If you sink it up like that missed field goal by Ohio State at the buzzer was like right at the stroke of midnight. It was crazy. I was trying to flip back and forth, um, oh but gosh. yeah, a, a fifty-yarder you can't expect oh. a kid. But no, they, Georgia Georgia could have been knocked out by Ohio State, and then Ohio State probably would have killed TCU. And it, and it, yeah, and it's gonna be crazy too because you think about like. You think about the next couple of years, how college football shapes up, you know, with Oklahoma and Oklahoma and, and Texas going to the SEC and UCLA and USC going to the Big Ten. The like, two power conferences that it's going to yeah. end up being. Yeah, and then the, the ACC and the, the Pac-12 and the Big 12 are basically mid-majors now, like yeah. after those two, those, those two dominate. But um, no, I mean, my thoughts on it was I watched for like five minutes and I realized it's going to be a blowout. I mean... And it, 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 it was <laughs> Stetson Bennett too. Like I saw a good meme about him on Facebook today. Like you know <laughs> him acting all big and bad. Back he's, he's like is he, he's like he's older than Burrow. He's older than yeah. He's older than, than Herbert. Uh, he's older than <laughs> real, real hard being on a, a team with all five star recruits where you have all the time in the pocket because of your offensive line and you're 25 years old playing 19 year olds. <laughs> Like, yeah. no wonder you. I mean, up. his dra- his draft prospect is that like I, I think he's he's late third day. Like he's yeah, because he's, he's already twenty six. Like, but um, Jake Fromm two maybe I don't know. So, 
Yeah, that game was not interesting at all. But Georgia is becoming like the new face of college football. No, no, no. Taken, we, we need we need different. We need they've taken blood, the man. mantle from Alabama. Now it is another SEC team, and Georgia's just going to turn into the evil empire like yeah. Alabama. But Alabama ended up as the five seed, and if they would have been in like a bigger tournament, they probably would have gone to the final game and played Georgia, and it would have been more competitive. But um, when it goes to twelve teams. I like you said, the committee's going to start thinking about like, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe Clem, maybe, no, I won't say Clemson because I think they're going to come back, but like, say a pit goes 10 and two and wins the ACC, like, they're not going to put them as a three seed. Yeah. They're going to probably put them as like a seven seed. And like, if TCU wins the Big 12 and goes 11 and one, they're not going to be a two seed. They're going to be nope. a, they're going to be a six or seven seed, and like have to earn their way and win. You know, in that tournament, a twelve team tournament that's going to take three four wins to get to the championship. Those teams will be exposed earlier, and the cream will rise to the top, as Creme de la Creme. Eddie Savage would say. <laughs> and the cream rises to the top. <laughs> Right, uh, so yeah, that's kind of how I felt too. Yeah. It was over by half, and you know, I kind of have my thoughts there too, Frank. Uh, real quickly, well, not real quick. We come a couple minutes if you want to. We're pit guys. Your reflections of the pit football season. I, you know, this is a a a, a roller coaster for me because you know how I am with pit basketball or football. I'm so, uh, and this is part of being a fan, and I don't even try to deny it, but. I when when they're high, I'm high, and when they're low, I'm low. And and you know, I actually last year, their best year in 40 years, and you can pull up the tape, almost was jumping off the fandom. I said, I'm picking a new team. I'm going to USC. They lost <laughs> when they lost to Western Michigan, <laughs> and they were like, you know, two and two, and then they like won out and went ten and two, and Pickett and Heisman and Peach Bowl and New York New York Six Bowl game and all that, yeah. like. I, I was jumping off the bandwagon after Western Michigan and saying fire Narduzzi and blah, blah, blah. And then I, I, of course, because I'm a fan I, and it's pit, I'm, they'll accept me back. I'm, I'm allowed to you always go crow. back. We'll I'm go. allowed to eat crow and say I'm still a fan. But this year, the Georgia Tech loss was very similar to Western Michigan, yeah. even though it's a conference loss. They're not, you know, it's not a, a Mac team. I was at, I was at the Tennessee game. Yeah, the Tennessee game, they should have won, and that's yeah. You know, they they went on to be the number one team in the country for a, 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 yeah. a little stretch there. Four headed hooker towards ACL. So they had the number one team in the country beat. They had them up by they were up by ten early in that game. Yeah. Um, and then they some they they lose to Georgia Tech after firing their coach, the worst team in the ACC. They lose to him at home. They couldn't do anything offensively that game. Signetti and Slovis all year were. Just stagnant. Signetti wants to run the football. Great save to Okarski there. If we're if we yeah. are gonna remember that save, as Staggy would say, if we come back. But um, no, Slovis seemed to be playing in quicksand all year. I blame Signetti more. Um, Slovis came here wanting to throw, you know, be a gunslinger, and they wanted to run the ball. And to their credit, they can run the ball. Abanikanda had like a uh, an All American season. Oh yeah, he, his draft stock's way high. But <laughs> is he a Abanikanda? But uh. All the running backs they had, they, they, you know, they, they such a great uh, running offense, and the offensive line didn't perform as well as they should have early in, in some of the early losses. But um, they righted the ship late, and you know, it's just like the Steelers. You wanna you wanna at least finish good. 
if you start poorly, it's it's bad, but you finish well, you, you you have a good taste going into the off season. And Pitt did that. You know, the yes, they lost to Georgia Tech at home. That was bad. But there are other losses. You know, Pitt teams you always say win the ones you should, and yeah, maybe you'll lose some of the ones you should. Um, at Louisville, I knew that was going to be a tough one. At North Carolina was going to be tough. Um, they shouldn't have lost to Georgia Tech. And what was no. the fourth? Was the and then the fourth loss was Tennessee. So not a you know. Of the, it was a big. It was a big one going down to Florida and beat Miami. I yes. think that's always a big one. Yeah, it's that's that's never easy. And of course, they they win the backyard brawl, which is always great. Yeah, that was that um, was priority for me. <laughs> so at one point in the year, Bronson, they were four and four. They had a two game losing streak. Um, they lost at um, at uh, Louisville and then at North Carolina. Two games that they were in for a, a moment, which uh, you know, kind of kind of you know. Uh, those were tough to swallow that losing both of them. You would have liked to have pulled out one of them, yeah. but, um, but they're, well, they're, they're four and four and it's like, this is going to be a rough year. We're looking at another six and six, you know, typical Newton Arduzzi season with last year being an outlier, but to their credit, they won out. They won their final four games and put together a decent eight and four season with wins over Syracuse, Duke, Virginia, and Miami that Bronson mentioned. Um, they took care of business when they should. Finished eight and four. Got a decent bowl game in the Sun. Now I want to cut you off there. Yeah, I want to cut you off there. Okay. Because I've been the guy for years that says, "There, there, there." Some sticky, stinky ass bowl game doesn't matter, which is fine. And mm-hmm. and I even thought that way when when they announced that Pitt was playing UCLA in the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl in El Paso. But I thought how they responded with everyone sitting out for the draft. You know, Izzy and everyone. And then Slovis had already he he made transferred the, again. He transferred to BYU, <laughs> so he'd already transferred. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was such a cool story for not only um, um, for, for for Nick Patty. I thought it was a great story for Nick yeah. Patty, uh, who 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 got who tra- who had, had the chance to play in the game, you know, in the play the game against Michigan State, and then he gets hurt, and then yeah. of course the downfall there. So he gets a chance to play this game. And he he gets to become the hero per se in this game, and I think yeah, you know he's done a pit, and he's gonna probably go probably to a lower tier school and, and, and have one more year of eligibility, but he'll he'll never forget the the event he had, you know the game he had at Pitt and, and, and this game Frank is most I mean UCLA pretty much had all the soldiers there, and uh, and and most of Pitt's offensive team was depleted because of the draft or the transfer portal, so and I thought it was a really gritty win for them to go down there and, and and win that game um uh i always forget the name of the kicker for pitt ben Sauls. Sauls. and he was like ben, it was like Sauls. 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 Yeah, yeah he got picked as kicker of the year for the bulls uh yeah they pick an all bull team and he got it was over souls or something i was messing up but yeah five he, uh, five in that game winner from like 48 Bowl record oh Sun Bowl record, and he he becomes the hero. They win that game. I, I we went. Um, shout out to Justin and and Matt. Uh, you know Justin and Alan Ryder and, and Josh Thomas and then Matt Lather. You know my pit guys. We went down to the Sports Grill in Cranberry and watched that game. Uh, had, you know beer wings and everything, burgers galore, and we watched that game down there. And and just everyone in there was a pit fan. Frank, it was such a cool atmosphere to be at, and uh, and everyone you know, they they were giving out some things. I got a I got a pit alumni uh, a pop pop socket for my phone. So. Awesome. 
but it, uh, it was a cool environment to be a Pitt fan, and uh, it was a cool way they pulled the win out. So, and another team, you know, the Pittsburgh football team that you know, you leave the, the end of the year with uh, with high hopes, even though <laughs> the guy, the, the quarterback that won you the bowl game, will not be back. Although, if you are if you are a Pittsburgh native, I guess you. Uh, are excited that Phil uh, Dracovic is gonna is gonna come over here from from Boston College. So, I mean, for one the, year, it kind yeah. it kind of stinks. I wish he had more years of eligibility left, but yeah, it's another one year and then have to reset the, everything again. Well, it's gonna they be, got well, the transfer from Penn State, Christian Veyer. Yeah, um, so he'll have I think three years eligibility. So maybe they have like some stability with a kid and after that. Dracovic and then like, what's his name? Um, what's his name? Nate. Nate Yarnell. Yarnell. What is he all the reason? It's Yarnell. I was going to say. I think I I think he's going to transfer out. I mean, he's not getting a shot here, so maybe he yeah. goes down a level to the MAC or something. But I'm excited for Djokovic for one year with a a decent roster returning that they can have another you know year of like eight and four, nine and three, decent bowl, make some noise in the ACC. I'm obviously not, I'm not Heather like predicting playoffs, like playoffs is our goal. Yeah. College football playoff is our goal. I did, I, but, um, but no, I did, I, you know, they said Slovis goes to BYU. I went, at least he wasn't Max Brown, but I, I was not like so overall impressed with him here. No, the slow feet, um, the, the, the slow decision making, but I, part of that is Signetti and, and Narduzzi's offense, yeah. just like Canada hamstrung picket. I think slow, <laughs> slow, slow feet, slow decision a, making, like slowness. an air raid. <laughs> I think I think BYU is, you know throws the ball a lot, so I bet he goes and has a decent year there. But um, no, I'm excited for Jerkovic and 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 they did get the transfer from LSU, a local kid coming back home. Some of these local kids that go to these big schools, they realize it's not all it's going to be cracked up to be, and they come back. I mean, uh, Devonshire going to Kentucky, and Dracovich to Notre Dame, and this running back Davis trying LSU. We wish we wish Robert Foster wouldn't have gone to Alabama and, and stayed here. Like, so many guys yeah. just stay home and, and make Pitt, these Whippeal guys, make Pitt good again with your Western PA kids instead of going to Michigan or Notre Dame or Ohio State or LSU or Florida. I think they got a transfer from Florida coming back. And uh, I heard today at work some Pitt fans I work with saying that we uh, got a kid from Illinois that's good coming. Um, the, the, the wide receiver from Kent State that's a local kid. Yeah. I want to say his last name is Cephas. Um, I, I think he's coming. So they're loading up in the portal. Um, we did lo- Lose Vincent Davis, but at least we're um and, and Abana Kanda is going to the draft. So they're gonna be thin at running back, but they're gonna have that Flemister who looked okay. Yeah. And then the transfer in from and then that kid I mentioned from LSU coming, he'll who probably get to be the starter. But so they've loaded right back up. They'll lose Kalijah can't see an all American candidate there to the draft. So yeah. the defense has to reset. But I, I'm excited. I think Pitt finishes ranked. 22nd, shockingly one behind UCLA. I don't know what they're smoking to put UCLA at 21. Oh, a fight. We haven't seen a scrap yeah, it's like in a long trying time. To, he's, trying to, he's trying to turn the tide here. I don't think we've seen a scrap maybe, I mean, all year. Is this the first Penguin fight? What, Brendan Dillon. He's fighting Brendan Dillon. They don't have a, you know, the Penguins don't have a, a guy that does this. Brendan Dillon, formerly the Sharks. The Penguins played the 16th final. So, and uh, it's a yeah, good yeah. little scrap. Yeah. Yeah. Just but, trying to uh, but, no, but, but wrap wrap up my pit thoughts is just um, is is 
like I was saying, they they should have been ranked ahead of UCLA. They beat them. UCLA twenty one. You know some of the coaches were stupid. I saw Saban. Yeah, look at Zucker. He's trying to do the. He's trying to do the towel, but he's he's trying to he's trying to. <laughs> this was to fire us up. I mean, yeah. But um, but uh, they you know it's like Saban, a bunch of the other big time coaches that ranked UCLA had a pin. I don't know what the hell that was, but whatever, man. I mean, I don't care for their stupid little poll or whatever. Let's see what happens going into next year. But yeah, you're I think they'll me- be ranked. I, hopefully, they'll be ranked preseason, which will be nice. Yeah. And uh, and and then compete in the ACC, which is wide open. Obviously, Clemson's gonna be the favorite Florida state's back on the rise. Um, but Pitt's right there. I think third, fourth team, North Carolina might be good again, but uh, they're definitely upper tier in the ACC and I'll be excited uh, for, for next year. I think they play Notre Dame next year um, who will have Sam Hartman who transferred out of Wake Forest to go to Notre yeah. Dame. Um, yeah. Excited about Pitt football. They could have, they could have tanked much like the Steelers could have really went downhill, but finished strong. Give you that good taste. I was texting Bronson and you were, I didn't know you were at that restaurant, but um, I sent you like 10 in a row and my texts were like, yeah, baby, we're going to win this too. Oh my God. Can you believe this? Here UCLA's, we go again. <laughs> UCLA's driving. They scored. We lost 30 seconds left. No way we come back. Oh my God. We're coming back. No way. He makes his field goal. Oh my God. He made it. <laughs> If you want a roller coaster being a Pitt fan, <laughs> maybe Frank's I should release like the string of texts that Frank sent me. It's literally like the, the roller coaster <laughs> being a Pitt fan. But Frank just made me made me laugh tonight with the uh, slow decision making, slow feet, slow arm, slow <laughs> slow speed, miss, slow miss. <laughs> Speaking and, and it's a great transition because I agree with everything you said about Pitt. So I'm not even going to try to. The fluff what you just said. But speaking, you said you said you feel it coming. Speaking of coming, Nelly Cummins in the in the Pit Panther basketball team. Perfect transition. Ladies and gentlemen, they're be- no, I won't say it. I won't Don't say, say it. it. Don't say it. Because listen, See, I yeah. said they had some really crappy losses like in the early like the season, but the season really really long before they, they start yeah. they start to, you know, conference play. And I call Shannon, I go, I go on a rant. I go, that's it. I'm sick of this. I love cable, but Duke guy uh, on top of being a pet guy, cable's gotta go. It's yeah. over. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of the transfer portal. I'm sick of all this. Yeah. It's gotta go. And then they they just proceed to just go on a tear and win a bunch of games. <laughs> start four and zero in the conference. Four one Jets. Um, yeah, just... But they, no, they start four and zero in the conference, and then obviously now now I'm a little bit down because of the Clemson and Duke loss. Well, Both games. Both good games team. where they led by double digits almost. That's like they, true. You gotta. They, you gotta they, they led by. <laughs> They led by 11 over Duke early. They led by eight with two minutes left over Clemson. They really should have won one out of the two. But yeah. bracketology, Joe Lunardi still has them in, even after those two losses. Um, they're good they're, teams. It's like, it's like, it's like they lost to, they didn't no, lose to the ball or something like that. So now they need to make hay coming up. They need to beat the... They need to beat the Louisvilles, the Georgia Techs, the Wake Forests that are coming up yeah. on the schedule. Get get the shit back righted, and you know, obviously, I mean, I was predicting another like four and fourteen conference season, and like ten and twenty one overall. But they're looking like they're gonna put together maybe a twenty win season with maybe 10, 11 ACC wins, which is impressive. And w- what it is is like the transfer, the transfers they're bringing in, Nelly Cummings, and yeah. um. Henson and um, the those Diaz Graham twins and like all the, the those were recru- recruits. Like, but they got sh- some shout out to Kevin Brewer and my my one friend Logan uh, Logan uh, Bolton from uh, 
uh, my, my NASCAR group. He said, he said, he said, Cables, he's, he's assembling the army ready to play ACC ball. That's what yeah. it is. And yeah. there is oh, uh, ACC ball. Nike Sabandi's been good. Yeah. They're without, then they're without that one guy that punched a cop. And they're without, yeah, without John Hughley, who was their best player last year. Yeah. Who I think is just out for personal reasons. So if they had those two guys, imagine they'd be even better. Yeah. So I, Look, I'm, I, I'm high on him. Logan's been texting me. He's a he's a he's a diehard UNC guy. But it, but you know we're, we're we're team ACC all the way. And he's like he's always like hey Broski about that Panther. He's like a, that was a big the, win on on New Year's uh New Year's Eve against them. The same the same day as the bowl game. Yeah right. It was that afternoon they beat UNC at, at down. Dior Johnson's Chapel been good. Hill. Blake Henson's been good. Greg Elliott's been good. Um, John Hughley's out needs to come back. Um, Jamarius Burton has been good. Um, Nike Sabandi, I'm looking at the roster now. Then Federico Federico, who somehow is Federico, from fin- he's somehow from Finland. He, you would think he's I think he's probably from Senegal or Nigeria originally, but moved to Finland. Federico <laughs> uh, Federico from Finland. Feder- Federico Federico. Yeah, this six eleven really uh you know, he looks like he's from Africa. Um somehow grew up in Finland. But um, he's been good too. Six eleven. I think they got recruits coming in next year. Hopefully, nobody transfers out. They get some transfers in, and I think they could be on the rise and capable. Let's hope, Frankie. He- Heather, like I think, has stayed patient and is going to let him see this through. And because uh, I think you're judging co- coaches too quickly because of the portal nowadays. Like, poor guy loses like eight of his players. You have a bad year, and like, these crybaby kids don't want to stay on a losing team, so they transfer out. But Maybe we'll get some stability. The recruits will stick around and um, Pitt starts to, to go on the rise again. Although I'll, I'll admittedly say yesterday I heard that John Calipari is on the hot seat in Kentucky. Oh, there's signs. And, of, what's and it I, go to Texas? <laughs> I know. And I was thinking, you know, his whole career started at Clarion University. He's from Moon Township. He coached at Pitt as an assistant. I'm like, you know, we never got uh, the um, the uh, Archie or um, Sean, Sean. Miller. Sean Miller thing to happen. What, could you imagine Calipari coming to Pitt and turning the program yeah. around? But I don't. I think if Calipari gets fired or agrees to resign from Kentucky, he'll have the pick of the litter. Oh, Will Will Ball went on a, a great rant about Calipari. He's like about how Kentucky's spoiled and they're. I saw that. I was this one. He goes. He goes. Yeah. Good. They go good to Texas, and then Texas is going to join the SEC, and, and, and they beat them. Kentucky every year. I saw it. Like how spoiled their fans are to like try to oust a guy that goes to final fours and wins national titles and gets lottery pick after lottery pick to come to your school. So it's like one down year, relax. But um, no, I I immediately thought like, would he think about coming home and coaching Pitt if they fire Capel? But Capel, I think, has a a long leash now after their. I think he's been he's been granted a stay. He's been granted a stay here at least for how, what's going on here. But no, well, I just. I want to go to you now. I want to turn it over to you to, for like any. I know that you had a few other final thoughts that you wanted to touch. Just upon. little, just little dabs. I wanted a little yeah, couple yeah. dabs, and that's it. Uh, there's some, there are some things I'm burning on. I'm actually going to push this maybe off to next. If we do okay. do a show next week, it'll be better. It actually will be better if we do it next one. The one topic. Um, but a couple things. Um, we're gonna come. We're probably gonna record more shows before NASCAR shows up. But a uh, couple quick NASCAR notes. Uh, in the off season, Jimmy Johnson. Uh. There was uh, Richard Petty GMS Racing with uh, I forget the guy's name, the the main the main money in that in that race team. But uh, Jimmy Johnson joined that that race team, and now it's called Legacy. Uh, I think it's Legacy um, 
Legacy Motorsport or Legacy Motors Motor Club or something like that. So Richard Petty and Jimmy Johnson now co-own the same race team. Jimmy Johnson announced he will be coming out of uh, NASCAR retirement. Well, full time. Well, not well. He's still full time retired. He's going to run five races this upcoming year. Uh, one of them will be the Daytona 500. Wow. Uh, Carvana, the, the 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 sponsor that came with him, he he's done with IndyCar. They're going to come over and do the the Cup Series with him. He's going to do five races, but the, they haven't been announced yet. But Daytona, the 500 is definitely the first race. So it's cool for Jimmy Johnson to be on the team. He'll, um, Eric Jones was on that is on that team. Frankie he he won last year at uh at uh, Darlington. So it'll be an awesome. Actually, he made a joke. He said uh, Eric Jones will be a mentor to him because. Uh, uh, he hasn't driven the new the new next gen car, so uh, Eric's been in it for you know a year already. So he said he goes, Eric's the young kid. He goes, but actually he'll be teaching me because I haven't driven the car yet. So, but he has you know the seven time champ Frank. You know him and Petty together, they both won seven. So you got fourteen championships uh, yeah. uh, as the owner of that race team. And then uh, Noah Gregson, the uh, runner up in the Xfinity series, uh, will be joining uh, taking Ty Dillon's spot on that team. Uh, the Black Rifle Coffee uh, sponsorship. So, yeah, the one that I like. Yeah, that's the one you were behind. So, no, Gregson, he has some pedigree, um, and we'll see where that comes. We didn't even get a chance to talk about uh, Kyle Busch going to R- Richard Schroeder a little bit. We we talked about the free agent impending, uh, about whether they, he would stay with the coach, with Coach Gibbs, but they can't get a sponsorship done. He goes to Richard Childress Racing, Frank, and the whole racing world turns upside down uh, because if you know the history, uh, Richard Childress got into a physical altercation with Kyle Busch years ago when Kyle Busch spun one of his trucks that he owned, uh, wrecked it into the wall, and uh, he had someone hold his watch, and he put Kyle Busch in a headlock. There's no video footage of it because it wasn't recorded, but they did make fun of it when they brought Kyle Busch in to announce that he was going from Toyota to Chevy and then going to Childress. Um Richard Childress gave Kyle Busch a box. It was a Rolex, and he said, "Here, hold my watch." And it was a <laughs> gift to him. And so, uh, Kyle Busch is going to bring tremendous, uh, uh, you know, sp- sponsorship, popularity, talent to Richard Childress. Uh, Austin Dillon's still there. Tyler Reddick who won a couple races last year. He, the acceleration for him to go to twenty three eleven, Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin. That happens, Frank, as Kurt Busch uh, retires from full time racing, still battling some concussion issues. Wants to eventually maybe w- make his way back to NASCAR to run some one-offs, but he'll still be with 2311 as a consultant, which is huge. But the main news, NASCAR news, uh, that actually it was not even NASCAR, it's any news that broke today. Uh, Bronson's dreams coming true. Shout out to Logan. We both uh, had fantasized about it, and it will happen in 2024. The uh, one t- the 2021 uh, NASCAR Cup Series champion, Kyle Larson, announced that he will run the Indianapolis 500 in 2024. He will do the double. Tony Stewart wow. did it before. Uh, John Andretti, Robbie Gordon, a couple of these guys. That It's Memorial Day Sunday, Frank. They will run the Indianapolis 500 in the afternoon. He will jump on a chopper, probably get some IVs, fluids in his body, <laughs> helicopter him to North Carolina, and he will wow. run the Coca-Cola 600. <laughs> so he will do this it's like Deion Sanders playing in the World Series in the NFL game. Hundred percent. Tony Stewart. <laughs> Tony Stewart is still the first, the first person to ever complete all uh, was eleven hundred miles. It's five hundred and six hundred. Uh, Kyle and Kyle Larson. His dream has been to race the Indianapolis five hundred, and uh, he will get to do that. They will partner with uh, McLaren. Um, 
and and the IndyCar series both with Chevrolet uh, back. So that's probably you know that's a dream come true for him. One other news news I want to say it's also wrestling. I'm sure you've actually heard about it because it's probably in the business world. But uh, Vince Mc uh, we'll step aside from the Vince McMahon controversy of of you know of, of what he's gotten in trouble for in terms of uh, paying hush money off to people he's had affairs with. But he is back as the chairman. Uh, because WWE Frank is going to be sold at some point this spring. There were some rumors he sold it to a Saudi uh, investment group uh, that would bring the company private, which would mean that he would have to go to a state, you know, shareholders and stuff for decision making. He can the, the Saudis would buy it. And he would essentially be the boss. Mm-hmm. Um, but that has not been finalized yet. But that's why that's the reason why Stephanie McMahon stepped down to CEO. Um, Vince is back in there because in the, in the, she was supposed to take time off before the Vince stuff happened. And then she came back on a CEO kind of have a, a McMahon, a CEO, um, but she's out. Vince is back in um, and he's there to do uh, negotiate the sale of the, of the company and the next uh, media rights agreement. So um, their contracts with USA and Fox for SmackDown and Raw respectively are all messed up soon. They'll have to reneg- re- renegotiate those. And those obviously won't be determined until um, they find a new buyer for WWE, Frank. And WWE's uh, registered at $6.2 billion last time I, re- I looked it up. So a lot of, lot of suitors interested in WWE, your NBC Universals, your Disney's, your Turner's, your um, – Media, other media groups, caught, you know, say which, you know, whatever. If you think about them, they're in, they're in on the deal. There was even outside rumors that t- the Khan family, you know, Tony Khan runs AEW. That's Shad Khan's son. They own the Jags, and they have more money than Vince. But uh, they they might be interested in buying WWE. I don't see that happening. That would totally turn the wrestling world upside down on its head if that happened. But uh, but um, at, at some point, Frank, WWE will be sold, and uh, and uh, you know, the McMahon's are probably going to take their money and uh go into the, the sunset and Vince will probably run it probably until he'll, he'll at least have a, a, a finger in the finger in the bowl until probably until he passes away. But, um, but yeah, the, the sell of WWE is right. One of the biggest stories, not in just in uh, sports entertainment, but in business. So that's probably the last thing that's, it's kind of, it's, it's all the news I have on that front. So that's the big thing that where WWE will be sold. And that is controversial because if they sell it to the Saudis, it's kind of like the live golf thing all over yeah. again. Will will TV networks deal with the Saudis? Will 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 Mattel? Will all these corporate back sponsors of WWE stay with them? Um, yeah, it's it's. If I were to compare it, I would say to anyone who doesn't know WWE, if, if the Saudis buy it, it could really be a live live golf thing all over again with with WWE. Man, a lot going on. I know in the wrestling world and NASCAR racing world, Bronson keeps a a, a finger on the pulse to all that. So yeah, um, and then I we almost forgot to mention this will be the last thing I mention is uh. The Pirates bringing back Andrew McCutcheon. Yeah, how do we not? Um, <laughs> so we not that, yeah, a little bit of baseball news as the Dalai Lama will step in here. It's the offseason, and, you know, the only thing baseball has been going on right now in the offseason, they call it the hot stove season. It's what they, you know, it's kind of where players switch teams or, or whatnot, and there's some trades and signings for free agents. And uh, most of the big guys have uh, have chosen where they've gone. But Andrew McCutcheon at 36 years old now, he he's Bronson in my age. He was a, a 2005 high school graduate uh, graduate uh, out of the state of Florida, picked in the first round by the Pirates, 11th overall. And um, so we kind of have that connection to Kutch where, you know, he's the same age as us going into his age uh, 36 season. Um Obviously, the numbers have diminished. He's he's now been on five teams. He's kind of you consider him a journeyman. The Pirates sent him to San Francisco, get Brian Reynolds, Kyle Crick, 
we're still kind of reaping the benefits of that with Reynolds. Um, Giants flipped him to the Yankees. Didn't didn't really do well there. Um, and and then he went from the Yankees to the Brewers. No Philly. Uh, Philly, yeah, Philly first. And, and each year, you know, the production has kind of gotten you know worse and worse. The bat speed's not there anymore. Um, but still a serviceable player at thirty six. Um, he's yeah. gonna be a he's gonna be a platoon guy. Obviously, he can DH in the National League now. He can play a little bit of corner outfield. Um, and it, this is a move by the Pirates. One year, five million. Just and the Pirates have sneaking sneakily. I don't know if the word sneakily. Sneakily, this <laughs> offseason have brought in some veterans to at least kind of supplement the young guys and maybe um, not lose a hundred games this year. Obviously, we we still think they're a, y- a year or two away with all the young guys they have, and I know we always say a year or two away, but um, this year maybe they'll improve and win 70, 75 games. I can see them taking a leap, and guys like McCutcheon are going to stabilize the locker room because he'll become a mentor to O'Neill Cruz, and I think he's accepting this role and wants that role. And a lot of guys like Roethlisberger didn't want to do it to Rudolph. Like a lot of guys just don't are arrogant or don't want to do that but i think kutch wants to be a mentor to o'neill cruz key brian hayes um and he's not coming in to be the face of the team you know that's obviously reynolds and hayes and cruz um but no they bring in carlos santana g-man Choi, um and uh, rich hill um as a pitcher um and and you know now bringing in kutch they have at least some some Older guys, yes, but some names, some recognizable names. And um, I'm excited. You know, people can put their cut jerseys back on and, you know, no, they're going to be <laughs> bad. They're going to be bad, but it's something to root for. He's a, he's got a lot of milestones coming up. 300 homers, 2000 hits, hits that he'll probably eclipse this year. I think he's good for a 250 average, 15 to 20 homers, um, D8, some corner outfield. Um, and, and just be a leader. So they're not expecting the cut of old, but maybe because he comes back to a comfortable situation um, that boosts him a little bit. And we see a little bit better production. Kind of like when his, AJ Burnett came back. Yeah. Right. Like above his last few years where yeah. he's kind of been underwhelming in Philly and Milwaukee. Um, maybe he, he, he comes back this year and has a, a resurgence because he's back in familiar. He probably still has a house here. He named his, he kids. does. He named his kid Steel. I mean, yeah. So you could see this one—the writing on the wall. You could see this one coming as 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 the winter went on and he wasn't signing anywhere. Now Jason Mackey said he turned down more money from the Mets, um, which is good to hear. You know, he could have went to the Mets and chased a ring, and probably not played as much. Um, but to to come here and and do those things that I mentioned, like be a mentor and help the fans. Hear that, Steve Coney can't buy everybody. Yeah, be a. <laughs> for him to decide to come here where he's more comfortable where he where he still lives and uh, to mentor some young players and be something for the fans to to root for um I'm I'm excited he chose to do that so but no, that's it Bronson that's my Quick final question for you before we yeah, go ahead. chances what are the chances uh, I mean I'm thinking as a power fan I'm probably asking on behalf of Barnsley chances we see Henry Davis at all this year I still I give that probably 10% I don't think it'll happen because 
Uh, they signed Austin Hedges, yeah, which is a, another that. name I forgot to mention. A, a move I liked. Now people say he stinks because he hits, you know, the Mendoza line, but this is a defensive catcher, um, one of the best frame rates for. Frame I was say, you're going to mention if he frames pitches. Frame rates, <laughs> um, and then pitchers ERA, one of the one of the lowest catchers. Lowers, though. One of the catchers. They they have a stat now, catchers ERA, and he's got one of the lowest. Um, so for a young pitching staff, that's a, a huge move. They still haven't announced if they're going to try to get Rob, Roberto Perez back because he expressed interest after the injury that he'd like to resign back here. But um, they and they've they've also Tyler Hyman signed a minor league deal, so he might be back as yeah. as the backup to Hedges. Um, but and they have that Andy Rodriguez that came over in the um, remind me what trade um, it was. Oh, the um, Musgrove. Yeah, in the Musgrove the, to San Diego trade in the three-way deal, the Mets the Mets sent uh, Andy Rodriguez to the Pirates, um, and he's shooting up top prospect lists. And um, the Pirates are going to have an embarrassment of riches at catcher in a year or two. They may have to move. Uh, they may have to move Andy Rodriguez to another position or do some type of DH DH catcher platoon. Um, because Andy Rodriguez is looking really good, and Henry Davis is obviously like a you know their number one pick catching prospect. Um, I think we may see Andy Rodriguez before Davis. So if there yeah. is a if there is a call up to bolster Hedges and Heineman, and they need a third guy, or Heineman just you know craps the bed. Um, they may bring up Andy Rodriguez, but I do think Henry Davis is slated to probably, I think he's going to start in Altoona. So he would have to tear it because he had a broken hand last year that really put him behind the eight ball. Um, so I believe he will start in Altoona. If he tears the cover off the ball, you might see him go to Indy around the all-star break. And then they're going to want to get him a half, you know, a half a season at Indy and maybe break camp next 2024 with the pirates. So if yeah. I, you know, the, you know, the way that they're conservative with service time and all that, I would say, I, I doubt it. Um, but the, 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 a couple that we might see is that it's Quinn Priester. Um, the, the pitching prospect we've been hearing about the first round pick from a few years ago, Leova Pagaro, who Barnsey loves, who made his day. He did make his debut last year with a cup of coffee um, when they had some injuries, he might he might get make the call this year because they traded Kevin Newman away. Um, yes, so, I saw so uh, there may be a spot for Pagaro uh, to come up and play some middle infield. And um, the third one was Andy Rodriguez that they said that those three might make their debuts. So, but no, the Kutch news is the, is what I wanted to bring up as my final thought. Just really cool to see a, a feel good moment. I smiled when I saw that breaking news today. Um, and, and I can't wait to, you know, go to MLB the show and trade him to the Pirates and play with them again. So, um, but yeah, that's a, that's a good episode, Bronson. We hit the two hour mark. I know we, we wanted to stick to 90 minutes, but a, a recap. Not bad considering we were recapping everything. Right. Yeah. A, a, a welcome back show where we had a lot to cover. We did pretty good at keeping it on the tracks. And I think the new format of just quick, quick topics where we shoot the breeze will get us down to that podcast friendly 60 to 90 minute range. So 
uh, Braun. So we, we hopefully get back together. Uh, everybody, thanks for listening. We will try to be back next week with a preview of the yeah, NFL. If we, if we do just a quick. Uh, yeah, the NFL divisional playoffs will be uh, in full swing. The NFL, you know, the Elite Eight, if you will, of the NFL. Um, we'll have some really good matchups in the second round. We'll see the Eagles and, and Chiefs uh, get into action after their bye weeks. And we'll we'll probably have, maybe we'll, we'll have a Penguin centric episode with Mike in the coming weeks. Um, maybe around NHL trade deadlines, a good, a good time to have that episode. And, um, but next week we will be focused mainly on uh, NFL divisional playoffs and maybe we'll sprinkle in how Pitt's doing basketball wise. Um, but, uh, but no Bronson, thanks a lot of racing for, come up too. Chili right. bowl coming up Daytona coming up mid February. So I'll be keeping you on that one too. So thanks for sir, for getting back on with me, Bronson. And uh, hey, man, thank you for every, genuinely, seriously, thank you for everything. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, and, you know, Mike and everyone, and so many people I've can't even name. Just thanks for everything, man. It's good to be back. This this gives you this. Without getting super super uh, in the feels, this this is this is another step towards normalcy, you know, somewhat right. normalcy. So, thank yeah, you. Yeah, we got all the stuff behind us, and we're. Hitting 2023 with a new outlook, and we hope to get you. You know, like I said, it might be sometimes it might be Bronson and Mike because you know fatherhood has uh, fatherhood and my job being busy has uh, taken up a lot of my time. So I I yield to Mike if Bronson wants to have a yeah. an episode with him as well. So and, and I just want to say that too because like a lot of people ask me like, well, sometimes Mike's on the show and how's Frank feel? And I said Frank mm-hmm. actually endorses it. I think Frank he doesn't feel as much pressure to kind of have to stay on to keep the show running. And oh, for and, sure. And, I, and we we actually you guys don't know we have a group chat called best sports talk in town yeah. and uh bronson mike and myself we we, we talk like kind of like just like podcast uh segments via text where we bring up yeah. a, a topic and it, mostly, it, mostly we've just been bitching about the about the penguins <laughs> right, right so no we we've still not got a chance to have all three of us on episode we tried to get mike tonight but he's under the weather so yeah, very awesome, very mike. soon maybe for that pens talk episode it will be really fun to, to get uh, all three of us on there but um he was so no. happy. He was so happy when he predicted Jan Ruda would sign with the Penguins and happened. <laughs> He's let me hear the end of it. <laughs> so we, uh, we, yeah, I, I obviously endorse an episode if I'm if I'm busy for a few weeks. If Bronson and Mike want to do one without me, for 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 sure, um, I, I'm open to that, and I love listening to them too. So, um, but yeah, but you know, for Bronson Allman, for all you listeners on the NLN Sportscast, uh, Justin and Nika, who we got to get in touch with and and talk to them guys. I don't know what they've been up to if they've taken a break on movies I or saw, what. I saw Nico at at, at Kevin's wedding, so uh, uh, to be him. And his, uh, uh, that's the second time I met his wife. But uh, yeah, I saw Nico in person at Kevin's wedding back in October. So, mm-hmm. so uh, yeah. So yeah. Th- yeah, thanks to them guys and the next level nerd name that we get to operate under, and and thanks for all you loyal listeners that hopefully have come back after the hiatus and help us out with a share and a like on Facebook or Twitter, um, whenever we post this. Um, yeah, uh, rumors of our demise have been greatly exaggerated. Exactly. I've been asked yeah. by a lot of my friends and family, "Are you still doing that podcast thingy?" Yeah, <laughs> so, people were telling us that. They, asked me yeah. that too. But uh, but no, I I'm excited to get back with Bronson. So um, I forget how we could close this thing, Bronson. I'll turn it well, over. We do to the you Kenny and... Omega. We could do FTR. <laughs> we, I I mean I know you like goodbye. I'm gonna actually have to send you a clip. We gotta Kenny come up o- with something new for 2023. Kenny Omega did a really clean version of it, like in a, in a promo, and I'm like, Frank would probably love that. And then, like his <laughs> expressions and everything. And a lot of times we do FTR. Shout out to to Dax and Cash and uh, the tag team. They do Top Guys out. 
Uh, we'll figure something out, but I mean, we'll do top guys out tonight because that's just you know, okay. that's what we you we, we are the FTR of podcasting. <laughs> we are we are the top guys. We are the, the 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 best of all time. So there you go. So until next, probably next week, for Frank Conte and Bronson all was saying, top guys out. Football, 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 hockey. Throw me the baseball. Now toss me the pigskin. Now feed me the rock. Now give me the rock.